Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, a podcast about wading through 20 years of Type Moon. I'm your host, Fen. My pronouns are Fae Fair, and joining me is... Wait. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's do pronouns. Yeah, it's me too. Yeah. Are and joining me is... Because you... <laughs> you stopped partway through that. It's going to be kind of weird to cut. Okay. Welcome to, welcome to Fate no, Moon no, Archive, no. a podcast about waiting. <laughs> no, stop it. Welcome to Fate I'm Moon. your co-host. Ben ends. Welcome. My pronouns are she, they. Welcome to Fate Moon Archive. <laughs> I'm going to nya every, every single individual word you say if you keep talking. And joining us for the first time is... My name is Kate. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm very excited to be here. Today, we are covering the first three days of the Fate route of Fate Stay Night. But before we get there, we have some tea that we would like to sip and media that we want to talk about. It's Yuri Tea Time, and this week we are putting the Yuri back in Yuri Tea Time. This like new line, like catchphrase that you've started, the tea that we want to slip, slip, sip the fan, <laughs> makes me think that we're doing a gossip column because it's uh, it, it oh like hate. tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, but that's not, we're not gossiping. We're just talking about girls. I just, I guess, it's gossiping. In a we're way. a little I just bit copied gossiping. this from the last time that we did an intro, somewhat like this. Uh huh. Um, You've been doing this a couple episodes now. Did you not notice that you were doing a catchphrase? No, I. <laughs> I guess I hadn't really considered that it was a catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Anyway, tea time. It's Yuri tea time. Which means I am drinking a delicious uh, vanilla chai today. It's very good. Just a touch of brown sugar, some coconut milk, and mm-hmm. uh, a mix of spices and black tea, and it's very tasty. Oh, that sounds so good. I always feel bad during this section, because like one time I was drinking actual tea, but this time, once again, I am just drinking a peace tea, tea and lemonade blend it's out tea. of a can. <laughs> Ooh, it counts as I tea. mean, Arnold Palmer's good. Uh-huh, uh-huh. My usual go-to. Legally, have... they can't call this Arnold Palmer. Oh, uh, okay. It's All called right. Caddyshack. <laughs> okay, that doesn't make any sense. What's golf? Okay. Oh, golf. Okay, yeah. I just finished a cup of wild sweet orange tea. It is mm. an herbal tea with orange peel, lemongrass, and citrus herbs. Did our pre-pod stuff go on that long that you've already had time to finish a whole cup of tea? God damn. <laughs> We're 20 minutes yeah. in, Ben. I literally finished my tea while you were figuring out uh, pop filters. Right. The pop filter. Okay. Well, hopefully it okay. works. Uh, <laughs> so, what are we talking about? Well, so a couple of things for your ET time. Last time was an aberration. We don't always, we aren't always so navel gazy. Uh-huh. Uh, ben and I are, but we usually can't. not into microphones. <laughs> um, and so what Ben Ben had a great idea, which is yeah. that Ben and I watch uh somewhere between I guess two and four seasonal anime every season. Uh-huh. Uh, we've ramped up to four this season. Oh, and too many fun. We thought that, you know, it might be fun to just say, like, hey, here's what we're watching this season. If anyone has, like, recommendations that they're like, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And I think it's up your alley. Feel free to add us. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just, like, oh, or 
the other way it might go is like the two of us watch something that we're really excited about and we introduce you to a, a fun show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we didn't do this last season. No, we didn't. And so we're going to start with... We mentioned some of these. What we watched last season. Yeah, we have talked about Akebi's Sailor Uniform and, and mm-hmm. Bisque Doll or Dress Up Darling. Um, You're such a nerd, man. We're such fucking nerds. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we... Yeah. So let's... let's Wait, why why is this list from best to worst? <laughs> <laughs> um it's not because it starts with a kebby. Uh so we we watched six five we together we might have only watched like two or three episodes of Q. Q, yeah. Uh I think that's still ongoing because it was a two core show uh-huh. somehow. Uh we fell off very quickly. What's it's the like on Q? The pitch on Q is it's about uh, up and coming voice actresses kind of trying to get into the industry. Yeah. Cute idea. Mm-hmm. Cute like, idea. H- has a bunch of up and coming voice actresses on the cast, which is fair. really fun. It's oh, a shame that, that it's not a very good anime. No. Oh. It has, I think there is there is a better anime in there. And the main problem is that the first episode is like, here are 16 characters. Oh my god. Okay, okay. I've played a lot of gacha games. I've played a lot of gacha games. I've played a lot of gacha games that are right at the very beginning of them, right? Where they kind of just throw a lot of character designs at you and are like, do you like this? (laughs) And Q is designed exactly like that. And Q doesn't have, like, uh, I'm Blue Archive has recently started gacha game. And that, like, leans heavily into every single girl being completely deranged in order to sell you on them. And Q, they're all just kind of, mostly just, like, nice girls. It's like you know? They're themed. That, that it's like half of, half of that, that eight, eight, or 16 person cast, eight of those girls are just like, here is a typical uh, high school girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one wears red. This one wears blue. This one wears green. One of those girls did introduce herself as being from hell. Yeah, but they don't oh get to God. her in the whole time that I watched. What? Yeah, betrayal. Uh, it's yeah. I think it's like um, as far as I watched it, the first two or three episodes are kind of like about everyone, uh-huh. and then it starts diving into like, oh, what is this set of four gonna go do and what is this set of four gonna go do and it's just Mm. like i think there could have been a really cool one core show that focused on um one of those groups of four and instead it's it just spreads its time too thinly over way too large of a cast all right we have seven more things to go we got to get moving slow loop (laughs) is a fine perfectly fine your camp like universe type show it's a it is a like slice of life slash hobby anime about fishing and cooking fish heavily drawing on your your camp vibes uh, yeah but not as good um no it's like perfectly fine it was way more touching about um the main character yeah the main character uh has lost her father recent recently somewhat recently um and her mom remarries and so i was not ex- i was more expecting just like focus on fishing and cooking and stuff mm-hmm. and and it is way more of a show about uh like two households coming together because yeah. her mom remarries and um the man that she marries has a daughter and so it's a lot about like oh hey we're like siblings now 
what does that mean and like how do we how do our how do we interact with each other's uh parent and like what is it how do we feel about um our parents getting together and how do we feel about each other and it's like very touching and cute but it's like it's fine at all of those things it's not it's not really special in any way, I would say. It's one of those things where it's like it's like a Pokemon kind of thing where every person is obsessed with fishing and they like kind of imply that people who aren't exist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like everyone's kind of lay interested in fishing. Mm-hmm. At least a little bit. Yeah. There's even a girl who's worried about being interested in fishing uh-huh. and she's like an elementary schooler who's worried about being fishing because it'll be seen as like too too boy like, but uh literally the only person that we get any screen time with is like oh it's so cool that you fish yeah everyone loves fishing it was fine i would watch another season maybe but like yeah it's eh. it was like the i would say prototypical like three star slice of life like perfectly fine enjoyable to watch i don't like think about it after the fact and i'm like oh man i really need to recommend this to a bunch of people it's like yeah yeah one of those things that's like nice and cozy and you can just be like there for a second but it doesn't really have anything to say yeah i wouldn't even yeah. say it's as cozy as something like Yoder camp no. oh of course um yeah it's not quite as well put together it doesn't feel like bisque doll is very good <laughs> dress up darling uh Nerd. listen i've already outed myself as one of the worst people alive um <laughs> on this podcast what? so excuse me fen you can't tell people about that murder <laughs> i i mean merely that people who refuse to use uh english titles of stuff oh god has, i'm exactly the same uh i do tend to i just we have to at least let people know what <laughs> yeah what i is. i have said both multiple times yeah, i'm just saying uh, i'm just taunting you so bisdal is this was my favorite anime from the season this was my second favorite anime from this season. Kate, have you heard of this one? I have heard of it. I haven't actually watched any of it, but I'm me, aware of the concept. Yeah, okay. So it's a it's a show about cosplay, and it's a romance mm-hmm. and a comedy. Mm-hmm. It's about this... It is an etchy comedy. Etchy comedy. Etchy. Yeah. Very horny show. Uh, I don't mind it so much as I, like... Anime horny gets on my nerves a lot, but this is a show about two kids, like two teens who are very into each other. You know what I mean? Hmm. And it's very honest. I don't mind it's it not. until I'm reminded, until they remind, until the show reminds you that they're 15. Yeah. Uh huh. It's hmm. got that anime problem. Oh, yeah. like 15, they look like 27. Yeah. Oh my God. I would say yeah. like, they're like 19 or something, huh. but for some reason the show wants you to believe that they're 15. Yeah, yeah, this bonkers. It needs to be plausible that they're in high school, but they don't need to look like it. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's ridiculous. Um, the, Yeah, the pitch is the main character is this kind of boring dude who... He is the nicest man alive. He's a really sweet guy. Mm. He... Pa- wants to become a hina doll maker the like girls day like oh right the little dolls on like the little pedestal thing mm-hmm. yeah very they're very cute and like that's cute very old-fashioned and his grandpa makes them he wants to make them and he's working on an outfit for one of these hina dolls when the popular girl in class <gasps> what what's his name again a gojo gojo 
Uh, and the popular girl in class, Marin, walks in on him in the sewing room because his sewing machine at home broke. He's making an outfit for one of these dolls. And she's like, oh, shit, you can sew. Please help me. I want to cosplay, but I'm fucking horrible at outfits. Uh-huh. Oh, no, like, I'm weak to this. Uh-huh. uh-huh. She, 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 like, puts, puts on, on her outfit <laughs> and it doesn't and then shows goju a picture and it's like oh no honey this is very clearly the first clothes that you've ever made in your life Uh uh-huh uh and doesn't look anything like what you're going for it's the it's the kind of thing that is like i i have seen fan art like this as well that is like Hmm. oh i kind of need someone to say who that is because the the fan artist's style is so different from the the work Mm. that it's pulling from uh it's the kind of thing that is like yeah if you showed up and told me who you were trying to cosplay i would be like oh yeah i see it but never in a million years would anyone walk up to you and go oh are you trying to cosplay this character right it's the like yeah, all right, if I know what I'm looking for, but it, it doesn't ring a bell. So, yeah, she talks him into helping her make an outfit because, like, he sees that she has true passion for something in the way that he has for Hina dolls, and he's like, I want to support you. That's uh, cute. One sec, I That's have to cute. find, I have to see if I can find the full title of the game that she's cosplaying a character from. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Oh, please. I'm so excited. All right. So she is cosplaying as a character from St. Slippery's Academy for Girls, the Young Ladies of the Humiliation Club, Debauched Miracle Life 2. (laughs) Two. (laughs) The two is important. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. That tracks. She's cosplaying a character from a Naroge game. Mm -hmm. Uh, A particularly rough one. The the plot description that she gives is incredible because Gojo is like tuning in and out of it and wondering if she's if she Making, what if she's, she's describing like, is just like to make fun of him. Uh-huh. Um, and like then he looks at her face and she's the most serious he's ever seen anybody. He's like, no, this is no joke. She's she's being for real. Oh my god. Uh yeah yeah no. There's a lot of great comedy of him just like completely not getting her, not understanding the things that she's into, but really supporting her anyway. Hmm. Um. There's like the the, the OP for this show is incredible because it just like has shots of them both getting ready in the morning and him in his like Japanese style house in his Japanese style outfit. Everything completely about him is just like middle-of-the-road normal dude, mm-hmm. and she's sleeping with a body pillow of this character with her huge tits out. <laughs> she, she has the most, like, pin-up like posters on girl. her wall uh-huh. uh, okay. of all of her favorite characters. Um, okay, yeah. my question, is she gay for this character, or does she just, like, idolize this character? I mix of she both. very much as, like, bi. You know, yeah. And she's, okay. like, too into the way she talks about this girl and like all the different kinds of faces that she wants to see her make Uh as like barely cropped pictures from the game pop up behind her Uh oh my god uh but she is very much and she they she falls for this guy hard Mm -hmm. um and it's like a romance of the two of them yeah i did Mm -hmm. pick that up from osmosis that there is a thing it's cute because like 
it plays it the other way where like she knows that she's into him you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh and he like kind of knows that he is but like it's like oh she's way too beautiful for me uh-huh so like we oh, get yeah. her internal monologue and she's like oh this is really bad he's so fucking cute and he's just like cut to a completely ordinary picture of him oh. <laughs> <laughs> i love it yeah it uh i read at least one summary that was like it is it is half uh shoujo romance mm-hmm. and half ecchi comedy yeah 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 which is like a fascinating combination because that's those are not usually genres that you'd associate uh-huh. going together he does have a big like uh nozaki kun from no- uh, monthly girls nozaki uh-huh. kun kind of look to him yeah yeah uh and again he is like he's so kind very little of the comedy none perhaps even is him being like oh ha 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 love titties or whatever that oh, is like good what i'd more associate there is with prominently placed tissues in the yeah, foreground no. of some shots there there's plenty of him being horny but it's it's not the comedy is not derived from isn't it funny when girls are uncomfortable about boys being horny yeah she's oh. the horny one and he's like he's the pure one yeah oh, that's good i like that He's not, like, lecherous feeling about it, you know? No, no. <laughs> He's, like, trying very hard to be respectful, but also she's gorgeous and, like, fondling her boobs in front of him or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, all of the costumes that she wants to cosplay. The all the characters. you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I I really enjoyed it. The animation, also gorgeous. It's a gorgeous show. Uh, the, the OP is really fun, even if you just, like, go look that up. Um... It's a really fun OP, and the, yeah, this is, we will talk about this with our next one as well, but um, the way that characters move, it, just normal characters normally moving can be such a joy mm-hmm. when it's animated gorgeously. Yeah. I'm just going to look that OP uh, up right now. Dress Up Darling does that in spades. Oh, yeah. All right, that's enough of that. Oh, oh she's cute as fuck. Oh, no. Oh, she's so cute. Oh no! You know what else? Also, uh, has has gorgeous animation, Ben. Yeah, it's Akebi's sailor uniform. It's a solid, not as good for me, Akebi. There's just not as much to it for me. A lot of the only reason, a lot of uh, shows that Ben and I watch Mm -hmm. uh, week to week. I end up comparing in my head because like, oh, Wonder Egg Priority and Other Side Picnic will forever be in my head uh, compared against one another. Mm-hmm. They're very different shows. They're they will, Isekis. They're both Isekais, I guess. Hmm. I've said something controversial. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, we don't have that much time to dwell on this, but... um uh yeah very different shows we can't dwell on wonder egg priority anymore <laughs> again uh they're both uh very different styles of show but because ben and i watch them literally back to back every week uh they're just associated in my in my head it's like oh yeah of course it's those two are are related and so very similarly like a heavy sailor uniform and dress up darling um are for me inextricably tied to one another uh because we watch them back to back every week um whereas dress up darling is much more of like leans heavier on comedy than slice of life 
Mm -hmm. uh like a lot of the situations that they get into are it's a mix right it's like oh we're gonna go buy like fabric and we're gonna talk about what different fabrics are useful for and like how you need to do lining of clothes and then also we're gonna have scenes where like oops Marin put in too many uh like too many boob things and so her titties are all about to fall out and like <laughs> the photo all? studio she rented is a love hotel actually yeah um oh God. and so versus akebi is so right the pitch on akebi is uh girl is graduating from elementary school and entering middle school so and she really she idolizes yeah idolizes an idol who uh always wears a sailor uniform and so Seifuku, yeah. a Akebi loves Seifuku just means uniform though. Yeah, but everyone knows what yeah. I mean when I say it. Do they? Yeah. I don't have that association at all. Oh, I know what you mean. Okay. This is a you thing, Fen. Okay. Fine. <laughs> you crossed the Rubicon Sorry. you know too much Japanese. And I'm not enough of an otaku. Uh-huh somehow at the same time um yeah i, I think that it's akebi's sailor suit mm-hmm. in japanese mm-hmm. the, anyway um so she really likes uh sailor uniforms and so she picked her middle school solely based on the fact that when her mom went there they wore sailor uniforms now <laughs> uh as Akebi finds out in the first or second episode, uh, that is no longer true. So she oh, is the no. only one in her class. And the, the principal's like, oh, I remember when I used to wear that. So it's fine if she does. Mm-hmm. So she stands out because she's the only one in her class wearing a different uniform. Yeah. And also she's a weirdo. And also <clears throat> she's a weirdo. Part of the pitch is that her middle school or her elementary school, she was the only student and she has not spent time with any girls her age. She was the only she, student in her class. Uh-huh. I think it later on it's made clear that it is in the entire elementary school. It was just her and her sister. Yes. Oh my uh, god. So she is very odd. Yeah. Um, but in a lovable way. Yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, and so, yeah. She shows up and is like really nervous about making friends. Because, again, she hasn't ever talked to anyone else her age. for Ever. Ever. Um oh. And the show is about her, uh, like, interacting with her classmates and making friends. And um, and I think l- what what really pushes Akebi over the edge for me in terms of it being my favorite show last season mm-hmm. is that the finale is such a perfect summation of everything that has happened so far. It's basically one long music video for most. Yeah. Which is and it rules. Yeah. But, like, individual episodes are much more of, like, oh, okay, Akebi's going to make a new friend, and we're going to find all about all about how, like, who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, she meets a girl who really likes taking photos. Um, her, her, like, best friend, who kind of appears multiple times through the series um, and, like, pops up over and over again, is plays the piano really well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she meets a girl who plays guitar. Yeah. Um, Akebi ends up joining the the drama club, and uh, like the the finale kind of culminates in a couple episode arc that ends with the athletic festival, mm-hmm. right? Um, and yeah, it's a it's a 
20 minute long music video of like uh a starts with a kebby's like kind of closing performance of like she's in the drama club and so somehow i guess uh she got everyone to or like who whoever was in charge to agree that she could do a like closing dance she's the only person in the drama club aside from the, club <laughs> president? the, the, the club president okay yes. i couldn't remember if yeah the club president who does not act yeah <laughs> do any drama club stuff besides directing yeah club president's great um as are most of the girls uh but yeah so it is it is um cut between a cabbie dancing on stage and right her best friend uh everyone else in the class had kind of gotten together behind her back to say like oh hey you should accompany a while well, she's dancing on piano because you know how to play piano really well so um oh that's cute so yeah it's it's it is uh like gorgeously animated her very well her dancing and then cut with the rest of the athletic festival of like a cheering for her class uh because she was also on the the cheer team mm-hmm. um and like the sh- the entire show i even if you don't watch it, like, please go look up what these characters look like. Um, cause it is, it is a show that is like unabashedly and intentionally hand drawn mm-hmm. in a way that I personally just adore, mm-hmm. uh, because of how it ends up looking is really oh, incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love the character mean. designs. I love, and I love how they look still. I also love how they look in motion. Um, there's just such a fun, uh, Akebi in particular, the way that she like jerks around and moves her head and like can't keep her feet still, uh, is just it's a joy to see. Uh, yeah, it's just a joy. It's it's um this is this to me is slice of life. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah, nothing much happens. They had to prepare for like the the uh, sports day. Yeah. Um, but they they uh they looked great doing it, and um, it's just a joy seeing people interact in like simple small ways that because you don't have like big fight scenes or uh impressive like sports tournaments, mm-hmm. you can just animate the heck out of like a Kebby reading a book to her friend. Uh huh. Um, well, it rains, and yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so show. good. Just a joy. I don't like it as much as fun, but I did I like know. it. I don't know. I might have to check that out. Like, I, I love the just like we're just chilling and doing normal things, and it's uh-huh. pretty. And like, this is just think, spending time with friends. Like, whereas again, this is this is a comparison I'm only making because Ben and I watched them back to back. Whereas Dress Up Darling starts and remains relentlessly horny, uh, <laughs> and I mean like the characters are, but also the camera is. Oh. Uh, Akebi has. The first couple of episodes are weirdly horny. That's true. Uh, like oh, a lot no. of a lot of, I think there are like shots of feet that are both um, <laughs> like characterful. Like oh, a Kebby can't keep her feet still because uh-huh. uh, she just has so much energy that like even even if the rest of her has to sit still, she can't like just put her feet down and not move them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you could definitely read that as like foot stuff um (laughs) stuff it it tapers off pretty quick but then yeah it it very quickly moves to just more of a like warm comfortable Mm -hmm. setting i guess they put the feet out first to draw you in i guess (laughs) no idea and then they i was gonna say it's like someone in the writer room went hey 
knock it off with the foot stuff. We're not huh. doing that. I think the manga's horny too, isn't it? Manga, I think the manga starts horny. Yeah, okay. And I don't know how where it goes from there, but um, I think, yeah, there's like uh, it is a gorgeous show. If if the pitch of uh, girls doing stuff. Yeah, if if you don't like cute girl zoos that are more on the zoo portion than the comedy portion, then like, yeah, you're not going to like the show, but uh, Is that what would... you call that kind of show? A girl zoo? I yeah. mean, you're not wrong. I've never heard it said before, but... Uh, I've heard it before. Yeah, no, that sounds accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was a Japanese VTuber who coined that phrase. Is that true? I think so. This season, Ben and I are wait, watching... Wait, wait, How long have we been going, first of all? Uh, it's been about half an hour already. We might have to do next season next time. This season next time, fan. Okay. Because Kate still has to go. Yeah. And you're going to talk about this because you both know this. Uh, yeah. We could. Let's talk about the first two things because they're fine. And talk about the we ones can, you can really like. Next time. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Kate, okay. it's your turn. We've been ah. talking for a long time. Thank you. I mean, I'm used to that. I'm used to just listening to the podcast and being like, yes, Ben and Fen are talking about things. Ben and um, Fen are talking now. <laughs> this is the Ben and Fen hour. Well, five hours. Five um, hours. <laughs> so I put, I actually put this on our uh, little itinerary at the same time Fen was typing it. So I have been reading thanks to a, what was I going to say? Like, I was going to have to talk about, like, oh, yeah, no, I read fucking Gyaru X boring guy who's probably an egg if you squint. And then someone sent me actual Yuri. And I'm like, oh, thank God, I have something to talk to about. Talk about, you know what I mean. Um, so I've been reading Hinosan Nobaka, which is, it's got a really simple premise. It's got a really simple basic joke. So you've got a class president, Koguma, and you've got a delinquent, Hino. Hino spends a lot of her time skipping class, hiding in a certain spot behind one of the school buildings. I, they never establish exactly where. It doesn't matter. Um, and Koguma is like, oh, no, I'm a class president. I have to be concerned about the education of, you know, all these people I'm responsible for, so I should go find her and convince her to come back to class. And so when it starts out, it has one joke, which is, you know, is like, I'll come back to class if you do some ambiguous thing for me. And Koguma parses it as, like, something really lewd. Uh, I think the first one, you know, uh, the first chapter, you know, makes a comment about wanting to duck on something in a way that Koguma parses as her nipples. Uh, and, like, there's this extended sequence of Koguma being like, what, how, how could she just ask me that? How can she ask me that so casually? What am I going to do? But I am her class president and her uh, education is important to me. And if it's for her education and her future, maybe I should just let her. And in the middle of it, uh, you know, just start sucking on one of her fingertips because that's what she was talking about the whole time. That's still pretty horny. It's still pretty horny, but that's, like, that's yeah. like that's maybe hornier in certain senses. Oh, okay. 
I mean, like, yeah. So on page three, uh, Hino says, like, I can see your panties. Oh, yeah. No, Hino's just unrepentantly uh, horny the whole time. Like, yeah. she is not by any means innocent. She is incredibly horny. But, mm-hmm. like, the running joke for the first, I don't know, couple dozen chapters is Hino... He knows, like, hey, you should do this thing, and I'm going to phrase it in a really lewd way. And Koguma gets really embarrassed about it, and he knows, like, no, actually, I'm just fucking with you, because what I really like is I just like to see your face when you're embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Like, she refers to that being, like, the thing that gives her energy is just seeing Koguma get all embarrassed and flustered about things. Mm-hmm. And, like... I'm just like, this is cute. This is kind of one note, but it's cute. And then it starts actually going somewhere. Because then it starts getting into, like, Pokemon kind of wanting that. Like, being disappointed if Hino doesn't tease her. Like, having feelings about... Because she spent so much time going, oh, well, maybe I'd be okay with this, that now she's like okay, maybe I am okay with this. Maybe I'm more than okay with this. And Koguma's, like... Or, Hino's, like, just getting Koguma embarrassed isn't enough for me. I don't want to just see her get all flustered. I want to, like, hang out with her and spend time with her. And, like... There's sort of, they haven't been like, oh, yes, no, I actually am interested in you directly, because if they do that, then they stop the banga, obviously. Mm. But uh, there's like, it doesn't just stay in that starting joke forever. It builds up somewhere, and it's, uh, I like it when it does that. I like it when stuff is like, oh, yeah, we've set up a dynamic, but then we're going to build the dynamic and have people actually learn and grow even if it's in a horny way like have some actual progress in terms of how they interact with each other it's very exciting there's a low Uh, bar for yuri sometimes isn't there yeah i mean i i don't want to dunk on your your (laughs) thing that you have brought to us please by all means you also wanted to talk about this did you bring it here to dunk on in the first place and now you're gonna be nicer (laughs) (laughs) um so i was writing this down because i was like i want to put the yuri back in yuri tea time ben correctly called me out for the fact that it has been a while since we brought actual yuri to this section Mm -hmm. um (laughs) I was like, you know, I I have some thoughts about this manga. It's, I would say, I would say it's fine. <laughs> uh, I think it, you're allowed to dunk on it. I'm not gonna get offended. Reading, I didn't write it. No, I like I have read 97 chapters of it, which is what's <laughs> out right now. Yes. Um, and I was reading the most recent chapter that I was like, oh, I get it. This is what people like about shonen is that it goes on forever uh like hino and um koguma are like i guess they're characters they do get some development but uh like the dunks are coming i mostly i mostly care because i've spent almost a hundred chapters with them Mm -hmm. and like at this point i am invested and that sucks (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Like, I'm not like, oh, I am personally deeply invested in this character. They don't have a lot of story. It's just that their enter or their interactions are so fun for me to watch that I'm like, please keep interacting. I'm I'm enjoying this. Yeah, and that's the like the this is uh I think Futaribea is or a room for two I think is the English title um is like a a better version of this manga I, don't I would know say that. in terms of like oh yeah that that is funny uh the jokes are let's say less problematic okay, uh, certainly the first like the first third to a half of this is just isn't it funny when koguma is uncomfortable mm-hmm. uh because which is like yeah i do like it slightly better when it's a girl making another girl <laughs> uncomfortable it's normal when girls do it <laughs> yeah uh but it still doesn't feel great for the primary comedy to be coming from isn't it funny to be sexually harassed okay fair okay uh, one Please link me to the better version of this because I want to read that one immediately. Um, like, fuck this podcast. I'm just gonna we'll read that now. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, and and like again, like I do care about them at this point. And Kate is right that it does move away from that joke to some extent. Like I think the joke is still often. Uh, Hino says something that could be interpreted as or does something that could be interpreted as uh more improper than it actually is um and and so it moves from yeah isn't it isn't it funny that koguma is uh uncomfortable when when hino strongly implied that she wanted to uh like see her boobs uh, and it moves to like, oh, isn't it funny that that's not actually what Hino meant? <laughs> um, even though they're they're still both playing in that space. Um, I think it, yeah, it's fine. I I enjoyed it enough to keep reading it, I guess. So <laughs> uh, take that for what you will. But I think part of what makes it more tolerable for me is that at least for my reading of it, Koguma is presented more as, like, embarrassed and flustered than uncomfortable. Like, to me, at least, it was reading more as, like, oh, she's flustered by this. She's like, oh, I don't know what to do with this suggestion, and maybe I'm having feelings about it that I'm not going to look directly at, as opposed to her being, like, skeeved at, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I think, um... It's still not great. My my other complaint is just that, like, oh, it's a comedy manga that has gone on for 100 chapters, which means that it just has to go on forever. Uh, And so it's like, both of these two know that they have romantic feelings for the other one. Mm Mm-hmm. And nothing is ever going to happen about that because it just needs to keep going. Till the last chapter. Yeah, yeah. The last chapter is is going to be both of them just being like, oh, actually, I do like you. What if we had a normal relationship that <sighs> wasn't built around uh, weird power dynamics that weird neither of bullying. us are super comfortable with? Um, yeah. Wait. That's fascinating. But Fen... Can we talk about Koguma's friend who shows up and is like, why don't you bully me too? <laughs> like, 
What the hell is her name? I forget her name. That's Which says job. a lot, really. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, Koguma's childhood friend shows up, and she's just like, "Why am I not getting bullied?" And he knows, like, "Why do you want me to? <laughs> Who the hell are you?" It's like, it's funny because what the hell is she doing there? But also because it's like. I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm like, this is not, I would not claim in any sense that this is an okay dynamic, but there's also a certain level of like, Ino is interested in Koguma specifically. She's like, no, I'm interested in you. I like you. You're fun. I like it when you have these reactions. It's not just about provoking these reactions from somebody mm -hmm. and i'm like i can buy it i can buy it it's not I, I agree that it's not great it's maybe fun but not exactly uh well crafted and the vibe is mm. but i'm like i can buy this being like something based around more than bullying that they both haven't said. Mm -hmm. One closing thing. It is certainly, <laughs> it is certainly, Ben, I go, go. literally just one sentence. It is certainly Yuri. I will not, like, it is not, there is a, I'll there is say a, one thing in its defense. It is the thing that it is. Well, there's definitely a genre of comedy that is like, uh, oh, two girls bullying each other, but, it's not textually gay. Mm -hmm. And oh, yeah, there's no, like zero zero chance that it's ever going to come out and say, oh, and these two girls got together. This definitely at chapter a thousand, <laughs> these two are gonna get together. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, yeah. Like it is it is refreshing to have we have the interiority of both characters, and so we know that they have feelings for each other mm -hmm. in a way that is not just like on the surface, it's funny when these two interact, but yeah. we're never going to confirm that they're gay. That's all. Now, let's dive in. Yeah, we'll cover... Fates we Day were night. going to talk about uh, the anime we're watching this season, but we're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> because we went for way too long. You, dear listener, can look long. at your podcast player and say, damn, they just spent 45 <laughs> minutes on this. Isn't Yuri Tea Time usually like an hour to an hour and a half? Yeah, huh? And the answer <laughs> trying, is yes. We're trying to get it down to half an hour is the thing. Yep. And I yep. want to point out, because I'm really excited for this, this was in no way my fault this time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be blamed for this oh my at God, all. That's true. No. I talked yeah. about one thing and added a couple comments on other things. Yeah, I talk too much is no, what you're no, saying. No, no, I'm not. I'm saying that... We are equally culpable in the crimes that we commit. Uh -huh. Ben's just or relieved not it's equally. not entirely their fault. Uh -huh. Oh, uh, before we get into Fate, for the record, I have not had a chance to listen to your episode of the prologue yet. Uh-huh. But you I played have, the prologue. I have played through the prologue. I have opinions about the prologue, but I have not uh, actually had a chance to listen to your opinions well, you're about the prologue. Keep those opinions to yourself because we're not talking about the prologue yes. today. Okay. Oh, I was going to say real quick. What are your opinions? Oh God! Like, 
three sentences. What okay, are your three opinions? sentences. Uh, what do you think about Tosaka Rin? Why can't we just be Rin all the time? This is a reoccurring argument with every single Fate fan who isn't uh, a boy, I think. Yeah. Actually, specifically, I was thinking about uh, when you were talking about... Shit. What's the bunch of short stories? Oh, oh. You're talking about um, the Akiha story. Yeah, the one where you're we're Akiha instead of Shiki, and you're just and you were incredible. like, oh, it's so nice to see her be mean to people in her head, and I was oh. like, yeah, yeah, I get what you mean because it's fun to watch Rin just be kind of a shit in her head. <laughs> the I've said this before on this podcast, I think, but one of the the nice thing about Anasu writing a girl from a girl's perspective is that every boy he writes has like an enormous amount of toxic masculinity baggage that he's working through. Mm-hmm. And Nasu doesn't know what girl baggage is, so he just writes a normal character. Have <laughs> the, the same. They'll have like baggage that isn't tied up in their gender, which is more interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Rin's just like a cool girl with a lot of problems, mm-hmm. not like struggling with her femininity or something like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas Shiro is constantly like, oh, but I'm a man, so I have to do man <sighs> things. <Ugh. sighs> also, I love Rin being simultaneously really competent and also a fuck up. Biggest fuck up in the world. She's like, oh man, I am so on top of everything, and I forgot my clocks were off by an hour this morning for some reason. Now, here's the biggest sell on Rin not being a main character, the main character that I can possibly make, and it's that if she was the main character the whole time, we would not get to look at those sprites. Mm. Excellent point. other pitch is that uh, then we would not have Saber. (laughs) We I mean, what if Rin summoned Saber? Male Saber. Oh, yeah, you're talking about Fate Prototype, which had a female protagonist yeah. and boy Saber. Yeah. Which we will cover at some point. Yeah. I think it is somewhere on our list. Somewhere on our list. It's interesting because... So we are going in release order. Mm-hmm. Which means that we kind of need releases of stuff to cover them. Yeah. Fate Prototype... Was the original idea. Was the original idea, but, like, there's an OVA for it, Uh and I think maybe one or two light novels were published. Like, really, like, we we could have covered it before we even got here, because that's when it was came up with. Yeah, but it's... But there wasn't... It's like, oh, yeah, we read a wiki page, (laughs) and now we're going to talk about it. It's, like, not good podcasting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that was prologue. Prologue's mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. Rin, we, we, as we remember, Rin died at the end of the prologue, so it's not going to be, it's not going to come up again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rin in peace. So Ben, yes, you love the uh, the splash screen. That happens when you boot up the game. <laughs> it's oh such God. a fucking yes. like, like I would believe that I was about to start playing Spyro the Dragon after that <laughs> after that sound plays and that logo pops up. Uh huh. It's very good. It's like so like early PS one or two like era vibes to it. 
I didn't notice it lo- the first time, but this every time now I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Spyro. Gl- start gliding. Also, the menu music uh, is a jam. Yeah, some good like, music in this I game. started it up, and bef- like, I was getting ready to take my notes and stuff. I'm just like, this is good. I like this. This is just the menu, and I like it. We start the game, and we get do we get we get the date immediately, right? No, no, not immediately. The first, the fire part is before the date drops. Okay, okay. So the game opens up again with a some kind of bizarre poem that was too long and running automatically, so I couldn't get the whole thing written down. Let me. It was about some swords, I think. <laughs> it was about yeah. some swords. I am the bone of my sword. Steel is my body and fire is my blood. I've created over a thousand blades. That's a lot. Unknown to death, nor known to life. Have withstood pain to create many weapons, yet those hands will never hold anything. So as I pray, unlimited blade works. That mostly makes sense. That is, it is worth saying, that is not translated. <laughs> Uh, Nasu, Nasu wrote that. Yeah, in English. Uh huh. Um, which is interesting. Uh-huh. There, there is like Japanese under each of those lines saying basically what they mean. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But yeah, that is that is Nasu original. Now, considering that we know that one of the roots of this game is called Unlimited Blade Works, and I've talked about the anime Unlimited Blade Works before. I would say this is probably going to come up again, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Potentially relevant. But we are on the fate route, so we're not going to talk about that yet, probably. We dive into an unknown narrator uh, waking up in the middle of a huge fire. We've heard about this fire before. Yep. Pre- or presumably it's the same fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole town is burning. The kid is dying. The kid. Uh, it is a kid. We know that. Yes. Uh and gets rescued and Mm -hmm. it seems like is pretty much one of the only survivors of this town there's a really hardcore line in there that i liked a lot uh that oh he's talking about being rescued and he's like my body survived but all the other things about me were reduced to ashes it's pretty and i'm just like oh that's that's such a good way to phrase that Mm mm-hmm kid wakes up in a hospital soon after that there's a few people around uh the kid's parents are dead their house burned down and they didn't even get mystic eyes of death perception from all of this <laughs> damn uh fen you really like the way that uh this next character is introduced right yeah uh kiritsugu he looks like an unreliable guy with no future oh yeah i remember you uh-huh. saying something right. about that i need to i forgot to open up my notes oh yeah um, wait Oh, waiting for them to sink. While One you're second. opening that, uh, the narrator, after like being rescued, comments on being in, on an unfamiliar bed in an unfamiliar, extremely sterile room. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, it's so clean and white that I feel safe. And I'm like, I don't know, if I wake up on an unfamiliar bed in a sterile white room, I'm going to have concerns. Uh-huh. Wait, is this an Ava reference? Is that an Ava reference? <laughs> Every time Shinji, or the first time Shinji wakes up at the hospital, he's like, "Oh, an unfamiliar ceiling." Huh? And it's like <laughs> a ceiling very much like the one that we see in this. Interesting. We know that Nasu likes Ava. Yes. 
Yeah. I think he said that rebuilds were the reason that remake is the way it is or something. Remake? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Fascinating. He looked like an unreliable guy with no future is such a great way to uh, introduce Kiritsugu. Uh Uh-huh. Emiya Kiritsugu, who I cannot fucking say his name because I'm always thinking Kitsuragi or Katsuragi. (laughs) Kitsuragi being Kim Kitsuragi from Disco Elysium (laughs) and Katsuragi being Misato from Ava. Uh Uh-huh. Oh my god. Now, Kiritsugu. Uh, it's not even close. It's just something about the the length is the same and the K. So my brain replaces it's got it the K things. and the R and the T and the S and the G. The the yeah, all the consonants are the same. It's just got different vowels. So this sloppy, uh, disheveled man is like, "Hey, kid, Shiro. We, this is Shiro. This we is Shiro. Out. Uh." I can either you can either go to an orphanage or you can get adopted by me. I'm a sorcerer, by the way. Uh huh. And Shira's like, oh, cool. Yeah, he's just like, that sounds boss. Now, sorcerer has a really specific meaning in this, so I'm very curious: is he actually a sorcerer, or is he just trying to sound cool? I, I see. My first thought is, I'm like. Who is this guy, and why does he go, yeah, I'll definitely adopt this traumatized child on the drop of a hat? Like, uh-huh. he just walks up to a complete stranger and goes, hey, kid, want to get adopted? <laughs> he seems really jazzed about it, too. Look forward to Fate Zero, where we dive into exactly why Kuritsugu might want to just adopt a random child. Uh-huh. <sighs> so, yeah, Shiro... Years later, is reflecting on this. He doesn't actually remember the hospital very well. He just remembers his dad telling him about it over and over again because mm-hmm. he loves the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kiritsugu, Shiro thinks he's a great dad. <laughs> Seems like. Yeah, I don't. Or admires him at the very Kiritsugu, least. Or, sorry, Shiro admires his dad in in much the same way that tosaka admires or rin, rin says admires. explicitly he was a great dad which i don't really believe yeah um uh, there's definitely this is definitely setting up a parallel of like i don't think you said but kiritsugu often goes on long yeah. trips this is the best. and oh, yeah. like is never home and so it's like very explicit on end. uh setting up a parallel between rin and shiro both of them basically raised by themselves because their dads were dead or constantly working uh-huh yeah i've yeah, got i've got a thing oh. in my notes about frankly this is kind of selling me on kiritsugu being decent if a bit weird because like okay the going on long trips sucks but like he didn't do anything actively shitty which is a low no. bar but he passed that one also there's a line uh uh shiro says that Kiritsugu would come home from his journeys and tell me lots of stories like a child, mm-hmm. which is just such a good image of like your dad is home from a month's long trip and he's like, I have so much shit to tell you, you have no idea. Uh-huh. It's very cute. I would, I would say that abandoning your six year old child alone in the giant mansion is not not, not a yeah. good thing to do. <laughs> thinking so much about that one that's a fair point okay 
back to the present day. And by the present day, I mean uh, January 31st. One. One, one day, day one. One. <laughs> one day one. The, one the, the third one is... Wait, the fourth new. one. It's January 31st. Or 131. 131. One, one numeral. One spelled out day. <laughs> and then I... Uh-huh. <laughs> it's very uh, funny it's great yeah day titles they're back and they're weirder <laughs> uh, we're back at the beginning of the prologue in time uh-huh. so we're going to be replaying the time period of the prologue from Shiro's perspective Yep. I'm sure that won't be uh, an- boring for any of it <laughs> Ben is being very facetious Shiro is woken up by a distinctive purple haired girl uh Hey, we know that's Sakura. That's Sakura. There's a character in Future Fate stuff who has the same voice actress, and it's it makes sense that she has the same voice actress, but it's killing me. <laughs> I can't take Sakura's lines at face value because... <laughs> My note here is just, who doesn't want to be awakened by someone who addresses them as senpai? Losers, that's who. Sakura is waking him up. There's a cute CG of her. The CGs are it's coming so fucking hot and heavy. There's so many CGs in this. Yeah. It's exhausting. Oh, honestly. it's it's great. I don't know what you're on about. I'm making. See, I'm working on a visual novel right now, and the thing about Tsukihime is, I look at it and I go, I could make this. Oh, make something <laughs> like this. This scale makes sense to me. It's something that humans can do. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then Stay Night is like, oh, we have two bespoke CGs for the same scene of two characters standing next to each other, not doing anything. Oh my God. Yeah, it is certainly like the, the I can't remember if we talked about this last episode, but um, Tsukihime is clearly a game made by two people plus a musician, I think. And someone else helped with some of the backgrounds. Okay. Uh, so four people. And then this is a game made by a team. <laughs> They got a background artist. They got CGs. Yeah. Takeuchi probably doesn't have a different job at this point. Uh-huh. I think he had a job for part of it. I think Nasu also had a job for part right, of right. Tsukihime. And then he quit it when he was like finishing up. But uh-huh. yeah. And his savings have started to run dry. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. This is a game made by a team of people working full time, mm-hmm. not as a, a project that they were going to go to Comicat and like sell to whoever would buy it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Shiro calls Taiga Fujimoto, uh, Fujine, which, uh-huh. uh, like, big sister, which implies something about their relationship that we didn't know before. I love it. Um, Sakura here is kind of exhausting to me. She's nothing, Ben. She barely exists. Sakura, we know that she's going to be a major character. I mean, look at her. That's a spoiler. She's the most distinctive girl in the world. I mean, so is Fujimura. She has so many... She has, like, two CGs already. Okay. I don't know if it's a spoiler to say which girls are, are going to be Roots. I think Heavens feels so much in the air of, like, who that is. Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe it is clear. I guess you do get an option to go hang out with. Takuru. You get an option to hang out with Taiga, too, but Taiga doesn't get a CG. Yeah, if we're leaving this in, um, it is... Knowing the entire arc of this game makes it so much harder for me to, like, decide what is okay foreshadowing and what is not. 
let me talk about let me let me yeah. let me try and make another pass at this sakura based on the like distinctiveness of her design and the way that she's positioned here she gets a cg and everything she's going to play a major role in something at some point right mm-hmm. she's not a classroom character with brown hair who is like a fun like side person we'll see a couple times she definitely stands out yeah like rin's interest in her particularly is like oh yeah this girl is something right Mm -hmm. but i would say that sakura has a combination of the maids from tsukihime slash yumizuka problem of yeah there's something going on with her we can't talk about it yet so we just have to sell like the soft girl trad wife shit like really hard (laughs) like childhood friend like wants to make you dinner and is just really sweet and cute and pretty like Mm -hmm. stuff really hard because if she's got anything else going on we can't talk about it yet because that's you know, right. I think it is as much like that is who she is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like yeah. that's who Yumizuka is too, but Yumizuka is also other things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just mean like like I think it is it is as much Sakura selling that as it is Oh yeah. Uh Nasu selling yeah. that. Yeah. My oh. first note about Sakura is just is she the Hisui of Fate Stay Night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, right? Because like it is her character. So I guess what I'm trying to say is right now uh, I'm bored as shit as so- by Sakura. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I have currently two Sakuras on my desk. <laughs> They're different Sakuras, though. I just uh-huh. have a soft spot for the Hisui. I don't. Mm. I know. Ben has I have a normal days. spot for the Hisui. Shiro fell asleep in the shed behind his house yes. last night. And uh, now it is morning, which is why Sakura is here waking him up. To cook and wants to cook him breakfast yeah. and all this stuff. He feels bad about her cooking him breakfast. He's like, oh, damn, I'm supposed to cook. And which is, yeah, that's interesting. Her offering to cook him breakfast is proof that she is not the Hisui of this game. <laughs> because she can He's, cook. Hisui can't cook. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's see. We get some other stuff about how Shiro loves fixing broken shit and mm-hmm. how taiga uh who we got last time she's the t- homeroom teacher of rin's class or yes. shiro's class mm-hmm. um she has broken everything in his house and so he has to fix a vcr and an oven and all this stuff uh-huh uh yeah he's like listing off stuff in this room which includes a mysterious altar and a sigil <laughs> carved into the floor <laughs> oh yeah I that just gets like a side that. mention the first time i played this uh-huh. And then he like, this he time I was like, like oh. He's like, yeah, there's a pile of shit over there. There's a mysterious altar place. There's. Yeah, no, I completely forgot about that. And reading these notes, I'm like, oh, okay. Shiro has a big Japanese style house left to him by Kiritsugu, who passed away a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It's and has so no pretty. relatives. It's so pretty. I want to live there. Mm-hmm. It is very pretty. Uh, Taiga's, I don't know if it's literally Taiga's father or like father in the uh, Yakuza boss sense. Um, I think that I I suspect that it's actually her dad. Yeah, it seems like she gets special treatment. Yeah, um, it is fast. So, uh, the landlord slash guy who helps Shiro pay for this place is a Yakuza boss, and Shiro's just kind of like, it's a little problematic. But it's fine, which is like, 
interesting setting up already that Shiro, Shiro can kind of exist with whoever he wants and that he doesn't we will he has a strong moral compass mm -hmm. that just kind of he shuts off when it's convenient yeah. for him. Uh -huh. He literally refers to the uh, this old man as a yakuza boss, but not that bad a person. And I'm like, he's oh. literally a yakuza boss. There, there is a good bit that uh, like Karitsugu, uh, Shiro is thinking Karitsugu referred to him as something like a yakuza boss, and then thinks to himself, "That's just prejudice. He is a yakuza boss." Yes. This is a funny bit because, like, Nasu, like, clearly has no interest in the material conditions of people living, like, when it comes to, like, money and class and stuff. Like, Shiro has to have a big, empty house. So does Rin. You know what I mean? Mages have a lot of money. What's up with Shiro? Uh, Yakuza's love him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yakuza just, just think this dude is I, great. I don't think that that is as out of left field as you're making it sound. Mm -hmm. it's, it is, like... Oh no! Like yeah, mages are powerful. Oh yeah, they have no. The mage thing makes a lot is a lot more. That's grounded, right? Mages yeah. are basically like secret nobility. They all have money. Yeah, you know what I mean. The Shiro one is the one I'm picking on. I mean, like, but even if they don't have nobility, they have power uh -huh. that they can wield. Uh huh. At this point in time, Kiritsugu is some loser. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And well, there even... will be a lot of. Even as a loser, he is still powerful. Yeah. He still has connections with people who are important. It's just funny. You know what I mean? Like, every single character has to have their own mansion. Yeah, and I think that is intentional. Like, an intentional choice, uh -huh. not just, oh, what if every character had their own mansion? How uh -huh. can I make this happen? I think that it's partly all. just that Nasu likes big empty houses that people wander around in, sadly. Sure. Yeah, I, like but I also too. think it is I'm like thematically resonant. I'm just saying, <laughs> you come up with a lot of excuses for things if you like big, empty Western style houses with sad girls in them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I think that uh, Shiro is going to be in a lot of trouble if this Yakuza boss leaves and gets replaced with someone who isn't Taiga. Uh huh. Probably, but that won't happen. Kiritsuga has been dead for five years. That's a lot of time. He didn't spend that much time with Kiritsugu, actually, it seems five like. Five years is... Five years with Kiritsugu leaving for two to six months at a time. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. Kiritsugu was teaching him magic, uh, but Shiro sucks royally at magic. <laughs> <laughs> There's a line in here about, to sum up the present in one sentence, my goal was so far away that I'm not even at the starting line yet. Mm-hmm. Which is... uh. A lot. Uh-huh. We get choice one for the day. Do we want to help Sakura with some chores, or do we want to finish up Shiro's daily routine? Uh, my root guy told me not to talk to Sakura. Yeah, finish Shiro's daily routine. Yeah, we'll talk to Sakura later. Probably. We got three roots. We got three roots. We'll talk to her We've someday. Three roots. We're going to do all these choices, unless there's like yeah. five choices, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh... Now, speaking of, like, things, rich people things that Shiro has, they have a hobby dojo, like, a massive hobby dojo uh -huh. that was built for, he insists, no reason other than, like, personal pleasure. Uh-huh. Shiki was uh, ripped 
without having to do a, a single days of working out. But Shiro, who and sucks it, more, has Shiki, to like work out constantly. Shiki, in fact, could not work out because of his heart condition. <laughs> Shiki would die if he lifted a weight. So the inside of the house is cute. It's like plain. Uh, Sakura mm-hmm. is in a pink apron now. <laughs> it's so cute. Also, there's a sprite. And I'm like, how does this compare to CL's Praise Me More sprite? Because she just looks so smug. Mm. Let me send you the. Let me send you the picture. Ben's notes about Sakura are all like, ugh, exhausting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not a big Sakura fan right now. You're clearly not. I... Oh yeah, so Sakura has come over for breakfast every day for two years. This is why I think she's exhausting. I'm like, I don't want to see anyone like that often who doesn't already live with me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sakura would move in if she could. Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Shiro gets distracted and talks at length about how sexy her fingers are. Oh, yeah. There's uh-huh. there's a whole bit where Shiro starts being like, oh, she's really maturing. I'm starting to notice she's a woman. And I'm like, bruh. She's been growing in certain places, and some of her casual gestures have started to catch my eye, says Shiro's uh, internal monologue, really grotally. <laughs> like, this sprite he's... is cute. This sprite that you sent me is cute. Yeah. Like, CL's Praise Me More sprite is so much, like, more. You know what I mean? CL is so much more upfront about her feelings than Sakura. <laughs> Sakura's like, haha, I'm proud of myself. And CL's yes. like, ha ha ha. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen the Praise Me Bar sprite. You gotta show me sometime. Yeah, I gotta look that up. But yeah, Uh, no, he just gets, like, weirdly, like, ooh, she's a woman now. And I'm like, buddy, buddy, don't use that. That is used in bad contexts. This is, I'm gonna say, yeah. I like it better when it's not Shiki thinking about his sister. Mm. Uh Uh-huh is what i'll say yeah i hated that too no no, i'm not saying that it's good i'm just saying that like yeah Mm -hmm. this is fascinating (laughs) because we literally just talked about and praised to some extent bisque doll for exactly this Uh which is like gojo being horny for uh marin but we don't get his his internal monologue as much yeah, yeah, we just get not... the like side effects of oh yeah, haha tissues, haha. Uh-huh. A tenant is bad. Internal monologue. It's just the way that it's framed is very like oh geez, oh geez, oh like I'm such a nerd. I really shouldn't be thinking about this. Oh god, I gotta look somewhere else. You know what I mean? And I find that endearing. Whereas Shiro's like, I'm trying to peek down that apron and see what's going on down there. Yeah, Shiro is completely you know I mean? unabashed about. Oh, it turns out uh, she's getting more, hot. He feels more leering to me. Yes, that's you know fascinating. I mean? Definitely, uh-huh. it feels. Lecherous. I think that is generally true not about even, Shiro, but yeah, it's not that bad right now. But it gets worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. He continues to do this. Yeah, with every girl he knows. I think this is yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. almost every. So, speaking of exhausting house guests, Taiga <laughs> is supposed to be here for breakfast. This is wild to me. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> Taiga rules. Taiga She's rules. my yeah, totally. favorite. But, Fen, if she was in your house. <laughs> oh, you meant, like, 
because you've been talking about Sakura as exhausting, as in like, ugh, I hate her character. I don't hate her character, but um, she's boring right now. Now, Taiga is you awesome meant in the like that if she was within ten feet of me, I would turn into a pillar of salt instantly from overexertion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think I'd just sink to her level of gremlin. Uh-huh. I would die. <laughs> I can't handle it. Then oh, what's perfect. the food report? Food report. We've got chicken salad, some salmon, spinach, radish and carrot, miso soup, and yam soup. She made this in like 20 minutes? For breakfast. This For breakfast. is Ben. This is, I think that there is a good reason that everyone lives in a mansion. There is no <laughs> earthly reason that everyone can inexplicably cook like 15 dishes in five minutes. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, that was Nasu, just... Nasu went to like a... Nasu, with the money that he earned from Tsukihime, started going to nice restaurants and discovered a love of food that he did not have before. Extremely plausible. Yeah, no, he I'm... only knew about curry... And a couple of other food and udon before, but now he's like into culinary shit. The thing is, I think like the actual thing here is that I, th I believe it was more than 20 minutes and that uh, a lot of these are like very simple dishes <laughs> that you'd you'd have the basis for and you're just like, like, oh, we had the broth already in yeah. the the fridge from like that was made last night. So I just like. Put that on the stove, stick the ingredients in, and then it's done. Now, Fen, that sounds exhausting to me. I can barely fix myself a bowl of cereal. <laughs> this is the thing, is like, I can't ever cook anything quickly. Uh -huh. It is literally, it is physically yeah, no. impossible for me to cook anything quickly. So uh, I would love to eat, I would love to eat breakfast with Shiro and uh, Sakura every morning because oh they God, can yes, cook please. really well. Yes, Tyga's really the winning one. Here. Oh, oh my God. yeah, she do any work, but she just she's got it made. They start eating without her, but Tyga just sort of appears at some point, uh, -huh. uh spying on them like a little freak. <laughs> uh, um, she epic pranks she Shiro by swapping the soy sauce with oyster sauce. <laughs> it seems like a big like swap. It's impressive. Oh, she's they're got they're a line. Color, aren't they? No. Oyster sauce is also like a brown liquid. Oh, okay. I think it's okay. thicker. Um, I believe that oyster sauce is like a like a, a savory uh, sweet uh -huh. sauce as opposed to soy sauce being yeah salty. Sakura is not pleased that Taiga has tricked Shiro into ruining her the soup oh that she God. made for him. Uh, -huh. uh Taiga explains her sudden appearance by uh, I'm not versatile enough to talk while eating. So she's been there the whole time, but she was too busy eating to take part in anything, which I love. What were you saying, Fen? Uh, just Taga has some great sprites. Oh, she has such sprites. good sprites. The the uh her behind the newspaper to her just like lording it over Shiro that she got a prank off is Oh my god. Her like old... Oh, go ahead, Kate. Just I have literally a series of screenshots of her in my notes that are just like, uh -huh. she's so cute. I love her. Look at this absolute fucker. <laughs> she's dreadful and I adore her. How old is Tyga? She's 24. How the fuck is she? <laughs> I know. I was so mad about what it. What do you mean? She's a high school teacher. That takes a long time. I'm like, great. Now I feel old. Thanks. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, there's a reason that Shiro calls her Fujine, uh-huh, which is like old to... sister, older sister. The, the, it's just so funny. <laughs> like, she's there. I re- I'm writing this down in my notes. I'm like, I'm gonna find out that Kotamine is 27. <laughs> Sakura's evil grandfather is gonna be 29. <laughs> All of them are gonna be like younger than me, and I'm gonna turn to ash. I don't know the veracity of this. I have heard tell that there was going to be a Taiga route, uh-huh. uh, which is like, oh, she can't be older than 24. 24 yeah. is really pushing it. I mean, CL was in her 30s. <laughs> um, Let's see. Oh, the TV is playing. Oh, Are we right. there yet? Is there anything else that we need to cover? One Where sec. were we? Uh, we get that... Um... <laughs> We get that Shiro called Taiga mom in front of the class, uh, and that's why she's mad at him. Is, he called her uh, Fujine, I think. Oh. <laughs> um, and also that uh, Shiro, they, Shiro says that Sakura and Taiga don't know about magic. Mm-hmm. He's kept it secret from them because Kiritsugu said, keep it secret. Mm-hmm. After breakfast, yes, Fen. That TV is playing clips of Tsukihime music. It rules. It's the best. I oh, I didn't Tsukihime. even catch that. Yeah, I was like, I heard like the mumble of like the TV in the background, you know, and then I hear the chanting of the boss fight music <laughs> of Tsukihime, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Arcoid's on the TV. I think it might be the remixes it might that be. were in the like discs. Uh-huh. But, yeah. Yeah, they're real quiet. Just a nice mm-hmm. little Easter egg. Uh, That's where those came from. Sakura is staring at the news uh, instead of doing dishes. Uh, There's been a series of gas leak related injuries and deaths in the Shinto side of town, Mm -hmm. apparently. And uh, uh, Shiro has a part time job in Shinto or a bunch of part time jobs. And Sakura's worried about him getting uh, gas leaked, I guess. Let's go to school. Sakura walks with Shiro to school. Um, she also comes over to cook him dinner. Yep. Uh-huh. Cook dinner with him, but she's always angling to try and cook it for him, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's really forward. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, I am going to do things for you. Let me do things for you. So Sakura's like, you want to come and watch me do archery? And uh, apparently Shiro has promised to help Issei, the class president uh, or the student council president with some stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Sakura apologizes for bothering him and runs away like a cow. Oh my god. Yeah. I was like, she Sakura, no. She has feelings, no. Ben. Wait, what'd you say? She has feelings. She does. I guess. I was gonna, like, in the whole walking to school sequence, I was like, oh, I really see what you mean when you were talking about Tsukihime having less of a sense of place. Really. Uh, mm-hmm in reference to Fate Stay Night, because it's a lot more like, not just, boop, now we're in Murder Alley, but like, here's where we're going to get yeah. to this place, and it's good vibes, I like it. This is that interesting, is this where that happens, where they we see this intersection, and then cut-ins of all of the different locations pop up, kind of in the direction that they would be from this intersection? I yeah. think, uh-huh. that's, cl- that's cute, that's clever. Yes, I thought that was in the prologue, but maybe... I'm pretty sure Shiro explains it. Oh, uh, I think it's here. Yeah, he might I think have. It's here. Issei, 
is a going is going to be a priest someday. Shiro thinks <laughs> mm-hmm. he's going to shave his head after he graduates. Probably Shiro thinks he's boring, but they are friends. Mm-hmm. Um, Shiro grabs his tools and uh, heads off to fix a heater with him. Yeah, yeah. Shiro is the maintenance cr- like crew for the school. Yes, uh-huh. I guess. Please uh, note in the prologue the moment I saw Shiro and Issei together, I was like, oh. And I ship them. I'm gonna ship them. <laughs> it's good, actually. Also, uh... They're not as good a ship as Shiki Adahiko. No, they're but... not. Actually, there's a thing, uh, when Shira's first introducing Issei, uh, the narration notes that Issei has a plain personality. It's easily mm-hmm. misunderstood, but he doesn't involve himself in love affairs, nor engage in normal student recreations. I'm like, oh, he's the anti-Arihiko. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's the opposite of Arihiko. Uh Ben omitted this from their notes, but the student council refuses to work overtime, uh-huh. and I'm just happy for all of them. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. makes some note about like Issei being too laid back. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh But yeah. Uh and yeah, we get a fun bit of like, oh, all of the non-sports clubs are strapped for cash. Ben talked about this during the prologue episode, but like Ben was like, I've never seen a school where the sports clubs were the ones not getting enough money. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, of course the sports clubs were taking all of the money. Rin just wanted them to get even more. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. There's this is there's a number of mirror moments where Shiro will say something that is the exact opposite of what Rin said that really does show that they live in like opposite worlds <laughs> of each other. <laughs> Yeah, there's another another line in Shiro and Issei chatting before they go off to fix stuff. Um, one of them comments that old things are nice because they're easy to understand. Like, yeah, the heaters are easy to fix because they're old. And I'm just like, Issei acts like an old man, and Shiro likes it because he's easy to understand. Mm-hmm. So Shiro's like, "Hey, wait outside while I fix this heater," and then goes into Tron. It's so like, cool. So it turns the heater into a th- 3D model in his head. Yeah, he just like mm-hmm. breaks it into a wireframe. It's fantastic. This is all that Shiro knows how to do magic-wise. Mm-hmm. This is this is his specialty is to understand how things work. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh when his when Kiritsugu first saw his, like discovered this ability of his, he said, "Wow, that's really useless." It's so Good. cool. Yeah. It's interesting that it is thought of as useless uh-huh. because, uh, yeah, basically what Shiro says is like, yeah, it's useless. It's slow but efficient. Uh-huh. Mages don't care about efficiency. All they care about is speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just doing things quickly. So it's like, oh, yeah, again, like Nasu's really just hammering home how much mages are just rich people. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like, oh, yeah, mages wouldn't think like oh i need to fix this heater mages would just be like i'll get a new heater or could cast a spell where they don't need to know how the heater works yeah to fix it uh-huh shira has to fix it himself yeah he can just understand how it works in a way that the mage never would uh-huh he finishes up and walks outside and we get isei and rin we see rin sprites uh-huh. Love rin. rin sprites she looks great she does uh, i did not realize that her and archer had matching coats <laughs> uh-huh she also has a red trench coat. Uh, Shiro is apparently part of the secret Rin fan club. 
Uh-huh. Where he's secretly part of the Rin fan club. Yes. He thinks she's cool and hot. The Rin fan club being everyone in this school. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he counts himself as, as one of her admirers, but wouldn't admit it. Uh-huh. Uh, her face when he says the line, like, you're up early, uh, uh-huh. is so funny because she looks completely perplexed. <laughs> and we know that she's thinking, does that count as a greeting? <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's fun like throughout the prologue seeing Rin's rights. Yeah. Uh when oh right, that is what she was thinking at that point. Uh, because we were from her perspective. Time for class. Shinji. Mauto Shinji shows up. Um and tries to dunk on Shiro a bunch. He's just kind of is generally an asshole while Shin uh Shiro's trying to be nice to him. He sucks so bad. So, Shiro used to be in the Archer Club and got uh, driven out, I guess, by Shinji specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, Issei pulls Shiro aside and is like, hey, don't hit Shinji. Don't lose your temper on him because you're going to get in trouble with every single girl in the school because he's popular. Mm-hmm. I This is another point where we get that, like, Shiro, Shiro has a very flexible moral compass because uh-huh. it's like, Shinji is his friend is a, is able Shiro is able to be Shinji's friend cuz Shiro knows what Shinji's like and just doesn't take him too seriously. Uh-huh. Even he though he knows that Shinji is bad to people. And all we've seen so far of Shinji and Shiro interacting is Shinji walking up and like trying to dunk on Shiro. Uh-huh. Uh we get an extended Taiga scene here to I guess break tension. There's no tension. She uh runs in and slams her head into the lectern and dies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean basically yes. Yeah. I would she say she falls away folded like a corpse <laughs> like, with her face away. This is this is an important part of the pacing of this is that like this day is setting up what normal is. Yeah. Oh oh yeah. No. And so it's like oh this happens all the time that Taiga's late for homeroom, comes in, and I guess I guess she doesn't die all the time, but... <laughs> this class, nope. they are so close to burying her, and like, <laughs> I know what you did last summer, like, <laughs> promising never to tell anyone what happened Normal to Normal is <laughs> just like, Taiga being a catastrophe constantly. It's um, great. The class, in order to wake Taiga when she hurts herself, they, they call her Tiger, which... I can't hear the difference in how it's being pronounced from her first name, Taiga. It's how long the A is. It's how long the A is. That is the only difference, is that you hold the A longer she if can you're tell. Tiger she can versus tell Taiga. She trying to call her Tiger versus mm-hmm. Taiga. Yeah, she she yells at them and then uh, is totally restored to normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the only so angry is- she comes back from the dead. Uh huh. With the image of a tiger behind her, screaming, "Don't call me tiger." Uh-huh. <laughs> she should have less tiger-themed objects <laughs> if she doesn't want to be called tiger. We also get that there is a a newly instituted six p.m. curfew now mm-hmm. for students. No one likes that. After school, we find out more about Shiro's part-time jobs. He wants to pay his own living expenses at least, even if he can't pay the like property tax and whatnot mm-hmm. uh we get a choice to go help isei with more shit or pick up a shift at work go to work i went help isei yeah i did isei that's what the oh, guide said okay. let's go help isei yeah you want to talk about work we can talk about it next time i didn't have any notes because <gasps> boring
Yeah, I let's see. Is this the day? No. Um, yeah, I think it that might be one of those that is just like, oh, skip to the next choice, basically. I'm letting the uh reserveblade.com root guide for this game carry me a lot. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got a lot of game to get through and I'm I'm gonna get all pretty much everything from that. Yep. Fucking around and picking different choices is how I missed the Akiha uh meets Arcoid scene the first time. Uh-huh. So I'm just kinda going along. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, Shiro helps Issei for a while. They're over curfew, but, you know, student council privilege. Issei and him walk home together. Issei's like, hey, man, listen, I know you helped me out here, but you gotta stop helping everyone out, you know? He gets you all, gotta save no more. He gets all worried about Shiro being taken advantage of, and frankly, it's really cute. Issei has a, a very, like, blushy pout face that he uses for Shiro. <laughs> it does make him look like he's a Sundire with a crush, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, See, Shiro, Shiro hears the, um, don't overextend yourself to help everyone that you can when you can't, and says, no, I'm good. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. I will take no advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, we get that there was a murder the other day in Miyama City, so that's why no one's around. The streets are very empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got, like, I should... Sorry. Well, it's got oh, go really good spooky nighttime vibes. He's like, oh, I should walk soccer home, at home to her house at night. And then, Fen. Yeah. After he splits up with Issei, who does he bump into? Uh, he bumps into a girl with a purple hat. Wait, white coat? No, white hair, purple coat. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, you, you I, have I white coat that. written down. I'm like, I'm pretty sure her coat nope. is white. Oh, purple and white. I think she has white eyes. Oh, purple. And, okay, yeah. Like, purple coat, white hair, and red eyes. The most suspicious uh, child on Earth. She, she's she got a little hat on her. She does, a li- she does have a little hat on her. Uh, She also has a little three-face on her. Uh-huh. Uh, And as she walks by him, says, You'll die if you don't summon it soon, Oni-chan. <laughs> Shiro is like, what just happened to me? <laughs> and doesn't think much of it and leaves. Uh-huh. Doesn't know what to make of it. Uh, let's see. He returns to his cavernous Japanese-style mansion, and we get food report. Fen. Uh, right, yeah. Taiga and Sakura are eating chicken in cream. Um, Taiga loves white sauce. I assume that this is like chicken alfredo or something. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of chicken. Which sounds great. Uh, th- is this also where Shiro thinks about um, Sakura having surpassed him in He does that cooking? a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think this is where he's like, wait a minute. She used to be just only better than me at Japanese cooking, and now she's better than me at Western cooking, no. too. No? Other way around. Other way around. Other way around. Okay. She was always good at Western cooking. She couldn't cook Japanese food. He taught, and now she's catching up to him in Japanese food while still being better than him at mm-hmm. Western food. Right. So he's a little like, fuck. Taiga also scolds Shiro for being too helpful, and we get uh, the hook for Shiro's character. Once, when he was a little boy, he wrote an art, uh, essay for school about how he wanted to be a superhero, and Taiga's making fun of him for it. And in his head, he's like, 
well, I still want to be a superhero, and it's actually my literal goal, so... He gets nah. so pissy, like, all his voice lines are so grumpy, like, how dare they be talking about my desire to help people? It's like, bruh, mm. calm down. Um, yeah, the male scenes are cute. Yeah. Oh, uh, Fushine gets a crying sprite, and I'm like, Shiro is dead to me, nothing he does will ever redeem him. <laughs> After dinner, we get the third choice of the day. Take Sakura home, play with Taiga, or get some fucking rest, dude. Rest. Like, take a break. Although, actually, what did you... Okay, yeah. I did rest, You also yeah. took a nap. Um, Shiro has Taiga take Sakura home and then takes a nice bath himself. And then... He does think about, like, oh no, but what if they get jumped? It's dangerous these days. Never mind. Taiga can defend herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Taiga's dangerous. Yeah, uh-huh. So Shiro does nightly magic practice once everyone's gone. Uh, Rin says Anfang every time mm -hmm. she's about to cast a spell, or most of the time. Shiro says Trace On in English, like he's fucking Ultraman or something. <laughs> it's so funny. Anfang is also kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, it's it's... Because it's part of Rin's, ha like, random German habit. Uh-huh. Shiro does not have a magic crest. We heard about how important those are from Rin. Yep. And he has barely the most rudimentary understanding of magic basics. And he has shitty or no magic circuits of his own. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's able to somehow forcibly create a magic circuit through intense concentration. Uh, but, like, just one. The term magic circuits makes me think that there's a bunch of them, typically. Yeah. I think uh, it might be later. It sounds like almost everyone in the world has. Some. Or you could be born without magic circuits, but it's also perfectly possible for a normal child to just be born with some. CL. CL was very powerful. Yeah. Uh, had very powerful magic circuits, despite having no magic in her family. Yeah. Um, which is, but yeah, you you need to, you need training to use them, even uh -huh. if you got them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Kiritsugu wasn't a good teacher, apparently. And uh, Shiro has no natural talent. Mm -hmm. He just has uh, gumption. Oh, and he couldn't inherit Kiritsugu's magic cir uh, magical crest because they uh, self-destruct if you try and put him on an adopted kid. Oh, you skipped over this, but um, Kiritsugu didn't want to teach Shiro magic Oh, yeah, he hates the idea. Um, and basically said, like, you have no need to learn magic. Uh, and Shiro was like, but if I don't learn magic, then I won't be able to be just like you. Uh, and, which is like Kuritsugu saying, I don't, please do not follow in my footsteps. And Shiro being like, you're the only person that I look up to ever. Yeah, it's not, it's not good, you know? Like, no. Kuritsugu is like, I'm not someone you should admire. Now, let's sit down and let me tell you about all my magical globe-trotting adventures that I had. Don't admire because he has no one else to like. how cool yeah, my no, life no, no. is. It's just like, of course Shiro wants to follow in your footsteps, you huge loser. Yeah, uh-huh. So, Kiritsugu's magic crest died with him, presumably. Yeah. There's a weird bit here where he's talking about magic circuits accumulating in family lines. Like, 
the, the mages' family lines have more and more magic circuits over generations, which he mentions that occasionally it's due to selective breeding, but not uh-huh. usually. And I'm like, okay, how do they usually get more? Probably, mm, I would say probably part of it is marrying between mage families, right? Oh, yeah. okay. And like choosing which kid has the strongest. It's all I selective mean, th- breeding to an extent. Okay. I mean, this is the difference between the Naniya and demon hunters in general. Uh-huh. Oh. Is that the Naniya were like, we are now a family that never brings in outside genetics. Oh. And most demon hunters are like, yeah, like we'll try to get more mm-hmm. uh, psychic abilities to pop up, but... Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that uh, makes sense. We're not going to try that hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, magic crests are part of that, right? Mm-hmm. They they carry part of that magic with them. Yeah. Do they carry extra magic circuits? They are a magic circuit. Ah, uh, okay. I think. Or a concentration of them. Again, they're, they're kind of like a... a how much they are metaphor and how much they are physical is like kind of up in the air, which is fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We get some basics on how magic works. There's like the mana, the ode, which you started talking about last time. I don't know if we cut it. Mm. There's like magic that you produce and can use. And I think that's what Shiro's relying on mostly. And then there's mana, which is in the air, which people need magic circuits to turn into usable energy. Yes. And there's a lot of mana well, in the you, air. Ode is, it's like magma and lava. It's magma when it's in the earth, and it's lava when it's out. Yep. Side. Shiro That's did say correct. that Ode is produced within the body, and that magic circuits convert mana into usable energy. Mm-hmm. So presumably they can convert it into Ode, but you make a little bit yourself, even if you can't convert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically. Uh-huh. Mana is presumably what was powering Arcweed all this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every Kiritsugu says everyone has at least one aptitude in stuff that they can do with their magic. Mm-hmm. So he, knowing that Shiro had no skill, tried to just focus solely on his aptitude, which is like this scanning objects and repairing them thing, mm-hmm. changing their makeup. This The practice that Shiro is doing could be instantly fatal, but yeah, that's not that surprising. Yeah, he mentions it like dissolves his body if he fucks it up. I'm like, is that all magic circuits or just his? It's his. Okay. Because he's making out. a fake one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, listen, Shiro. To learn magic is to stray away from common sense. Y- you die when you die, but you kill when you must. Our essence is not in life, but in death. Magic is only a way to destroy yourself. That's is cool. something that uh, Kiritsugu told to a younger Emiya, which is like, which Emiya is, or wow, which... Uh, uh shiro is thinking about as he's like struggling to maintain this artificial magic circuit and not just keel over dead he says something about how this is like very very simple mage craft but he implies that it has a lot of potential the vibe that i got was like this has a very low skill floor like anyone could do what he's doing Mm -hmm. but a and a very high ceiling but no room in between at all so he's struggling to get from the floor to the ceiling mm-hmm. in one jump basically uh let's see he tries to make a metal pipe stronger reinforce it mm-hmm. he fails there's a lot of more complicated stuff 
Shiro talks about un- understanding and accepting death, uh, which is real, like, <laughs> Adihiko before he met Shiki energy. Uh-huh. Like, I totally understand death. I know what death is. Yeah, I is. got it. Oh, yeah, no, he's got a line about, if I improved every time I came closer to death, there might be some hope. Uh, let's see. That's the end of the day. He just mm-hmm. fucks around with a pipe for a little while and goes to sleep. <laughs> the next day... Two slash one dash hey. two one day two. There is some interesting stuff left in that day, okay, which is like saying that then. Okay. Um. Uh. One sec. Oh right, yeah. Th- just some good lines from Kuritsugu. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most important thing is that magic is something that you use not for yourself but for others. If you do that, you may become a magic user, but you will not become a magus. Magus. Mage. Mage? Mage. And it's mages. Ma- it's magus. Magus. Not okay. magus. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. It's, it's an interesting distinction. He really didn't want him to call himself a mage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the implication um, that, like, if you're a mage, you are inherently self-interested. If you're using magic to help other people, you're not a mage. Which is yeah. cool. Um, Rin, Rin, Tosaka Rin voice. I'm not selfish. Uh, there's also a good bit about Shiro describing the difficulty of, like, the reason that mages don't do strengthening stuff is it's it is easier to just make new things. Basically, like projecting new things from magic is also very hard and not very common. But like, again, it is easier to just uh, get a new thing. Um, which is like, oh yeah, yeah, it is hard to improve on existing stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, when you have something that works, it's hard to make it better. It takes a lot of work. How do it you is... make a metal pipe better at being a metal pipe? Yeah. Make it pipier. Um, and then the final thing, even if Ben does not care at all about the superhero stuff, it is like, spoiler, thematic spoilers for this route. It is the core of this game, I guess. Yes. So it it is worth talking about, even yeah. if Ben isn't going to write it down at all. I um, talked about it. Uh, well, so Kuritsugu, younger Kuritsugu, young, younger, too younger Shiro, saying, saving someone means not saving someone else. A superhero really is selfish, huh? Um, and then Shiro reflecting on that. Uh, I still don't know what he meant. Um, which is like, yeah, Shiro, Shiro can't admit to himself that Kuritsugu had a point and that like, maybe you can't always save everyone. I think I wrote that line down somewhere else. So I'm not completely, I liked that line. It does come up again later. There's another variation on that line later. Uh Two one, two one day two. <laughs> These day titles suck. We're gonna get better day titles. The third day title is is. Give me dark kiss mark back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give me cradle garden. Uh, Shiro is dreaming about swords. <laughs> Uh, I am absolutely sure that there's no meaning or reason as to why Shiro only ever dreams about swords. Definitely not like Nasu has a habit of making main characters not dream except for extremely plot-relevant things. Uh-huh. 
Shiro literally says all he dreams about is swords. All he dreams so about like, swords. And then also, while still asleep and dreaming, also is thinking about Kiritsugu somehow. Uh-huh. Uh, is Kiritsugu a type of sword? Uh, let's see. Uh, we get some stuff about the Mages Association. They call it the Magic Association, which is like a close-up magic club. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to call it the Mages Association. It's not that much cooler, but it's better, at least. Mm-hmm. There's it reading this with the lens of like, oh, yeah, the mages are rich people um, is so funny. Just how on the nose some of this is Mm -hmm. like mages can get away with anything. And if anyone sees them, uh, they will just kill all the witnesses and then it's fine. Yeah. And like this is an important fact about the mages association. They have no ethical rules other uh than don't get caught like. If we think that you're going to get caught because we catch you doing something, we're going to fuck you up. Yeah. But as long as you cover your tracks well enough, we literally couldn't care less. Yeah. Yep. What you're doing. Human experimentation. Great. Just to show results, you know? Mm-hmm. I think there is a note later that, like, they kind of frown on human experimentation because yeah. it's easier to get caught that oh, way. Yeah, but, yeah. like... Yeah. And also, that would piss off the church, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is a different uh, kettle of fish. Which does, that does kind of get mentioned, that also if, like, the Mages Association does not give a single solitary fuck what you're doing with your magic as long as you don't get caught, but if you're being sufficiently crimey with it, the church will come after you. Because the church doesn't the association like would I think the association would make a move if you were being, if you were coming too close to being public. Okay, mm-hmm. fair. They would come clear it up. But they have but no ethics, you're... they're just like, don't draw attention. The church doesn't really have ethics either. They have uh, kill the non-humans. Yes. Uh, we have an excuse to come after this one. Yes, pretty much. Uh, let's see. Shiro speculates about a mage family controlling Fuyuki behind the scenes. He calls them the second owner of the area. Yeah. This is uh, another... This is a fun with uh, Furigana. Uh, the, the kanji mean landlord. Yeah. Furigana are like small hiragana or katakana that you include with, uh, kanji to say like, oh, here's the reading. It's not a, often it is used for two purposes. One is jokes and the other is, uh, oh, this isn't a kanji with a super common, um, that isn't super common. So I'm going to give you like like, the word. Is that Um, the one that's like, like above the characters? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. It gives you how to pronounce this word or some other meaning yeah. of the word. And so in this case, the meaning is landlord and the reading is in katakana, second owner. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool because it implies that the Emias are sort of squatting here. Squatters, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh-huh. like, we're here, we're not supposed to be, and the person who's in charge of this area doesn't know we're here. And we don't know who the person in charge of the area is either, so I don't even know who I have to be careful around. Uh-huh. Uh, Japan is also a blind spot for the Mages Association, as it is with the church in Tsukihime. They're, they're, they're here, but they don't pay them as much attention, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shiro wakes up from this very detailed uh, expository dream. <laughs> 
Uh, he wakes up at 5.30. Rin, Rin got the sleepyhead gene. Shiro almost always wakes up on time unless it's plot relevant that he mm-hmm. gets. Food report, Fen. Shiro makes rice and miso soup. Uh, miso soup is potato and onion, uh, and also perhaps some broth as well. He fish? makes fish. Something about fish. Yeah. He cuts and salts a celery. Which oh, I had to look okay. it up. It is a kind of fish. I know all about sorry because it's the only kind of fish that Yotsuba knows about. <laughs> Yotsuba and <laughs> good, valid. Oh, can I can funny. I go back to the talking about mages for a second because I took a note on interesting thing. Yeah. Um, there's another mention in here of mages needing to be physically fit, and I'm like, I think that's cool actually because in a lot of media. Like the mages, the wizards hide away and do weird hermit things, and they just like ignore their body because they're busy doing magic. And fate's like, yeah, they're weird hermits, and they also have to be in excellent shape. And I think it's funny. After he makes the food, he goes to do martial arts for a while, gets back. Sakura and Taiga is here. Taiga has a mug with a tiger on it. Again, stop <laughs> having tiger props if you're sensitive about it. I love Taiga. Sakura is getting plates down uh, when Shiro notices a bruise on her wrist. And we get some information that made me very mad. There is Uh a ticking clock sound over this whole thing. And I'm like, we are counting down the seconds Shinji has left to live. Well, here's the thing. Shiro already knew that Shinji was hurting his sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is more complicated than my initial read on it, which was Shiro knows that Shinji is beating his sister and isn't doing anything about it and still considers himself a friend of Shinji. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not not that, but he did... Uh, we get this a little later. We might as well say it here. He did beat the shit out of Shinji once for this. It's complicated because it doesn't seem to have helped at all, and now they're kind of estranged, and mm-hmm. it seems like he's being even harder on Sakura. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Shiro, Shinji was, like, proud of it when Shiro confronted him. Shinji was like, yeah, I did that. And I'm like, no remorse on that guy. What the fuck, my dude? Yeah, so the fact that he doesn't hang out with Shinji makes this a a little better, but it is still very... He won't admit that Shinji's a bad guy, even though he knows that Shinji is beating his sister. Oh my Mm -hmm. god. Yeah. Sakura blames herself for being stupid and clumsy. Mm. It hurts Uh, me, personally. He doesn't get a good look at the bruise and drops it after she insists that it had nothing to do with Shinji this time. Uh, so- uh, also, Sakura warns Shinji about, or warns Shiro about Shinji. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, I think he's more upset about your fight than you are, and you should watch your back. She says some stuff that's kind of ominous. Mm. Yeah, Shiro, it very much feels like, oh, like I thought like we beat each other up, but now we're fine, right? And, and uh, Sakura's like, uh, Shinji doesn't think that. Yeah, Shiro reads it as just kind of like a grade school scrap and you move on, and apparently Shinji's, like, holding a grudge. Uh, there's a bit about the archery club. Shiro has a scar on his shoulder, the shoulder that you expose when doing, a, like, fancy archery competitions. Shinji, like, m- like told him it was inappropriate, and that's why Shiro left. Yeah, like, Shiro could do archery fine, and Shinji's like, oh, man, you can't show that scar because he's a fucking prick. And uh, it sounds to me like Shiro just went, okay, fuck you, I quit. Yeah. 
the the way that Shiro is so trying to be nice to Shinji makes me think it was more like, you know what, man, I'm going to try and take your advice under consideration. You're right. It could be kind of inappropriate, right? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get out of here. Sorry for troubling you. Oh, yeah. This no, I parsed it as like, oh, if that's your issue, I'll just fucking leave. But he's that's too just nice me. to Shinji every time he shows up. You know? True. I mean, that's true. For me to read him as being an ass. Being an ass back. Yeah. On the road again. <laughs> There's cops swarming a house. Uh, Shiro passes by. Uh, he's caught by Ayako, the captain of the archery club, on his way in. Great girl. She's so cool. I love her. She's begging him to come back to the archery club and help her rein in Shinji, who is mad with power. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He apparently bullied a kid into straight up quitting the club yesterday after being turned down by Rin. There's a good Mm -hmm. line. Uh, Shiro's like, did Shinji do something again? And uh, she's like, a day doesn't pass when he doesn't do something. Uh Uh-huh. He's just a shitty dude. You can really see it in Ayako, the way that she's acting. Shinji. Shiro's like, is he really that bad? I don't think he's that bad. And Ayako's reaction is very much like, dude, you just don't see it because he's nice to you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, uh, she literally says uh, that Shinji took his anger out on this first year. And not just Mm -hmm. he was shitty to this first year, he got other people to watch him be shitty to this kid and laugh him out of the archery club. Yeah, because he he gets all his, like, fan club girls to join the (laughs) archery club. Yeah, no, because apparently that's a thing you get. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's archery club bitches, yeah. (laughs) Um, We get some more, a more potential foreshadowing from Ayako, who again says, if if Shinji asks Ren out again and she turns him down that hard again... He might do something really bad. Which is hella <laughs> ominous. And if this game wasn't about a holy grail war, grail war I'd assume that was the main plot. Uh-huh. But also Mitsuzuri is like, maybe he deserves to get shot down sometimes, which is good. Yeah. Lunch, cut to lunchtime. Uh, this is another great mirror moment of uh-huh. Hero versus Rin. <laughs> According to Rin, the cafeteria food is awful, and the boys are too, like, toxic masculinity to admit that, so they go and eat at the cafeteria, and the girls <laughs> eat in the classroom. Shiro says the cafeteria food is incredible. <laughs> it's really good here. He doesn't eat it, though, because he's too old-fashioned and brings his food. This is, I wish I could say which one of them is right, but both of them care about food so much This that... I have no idea who's in the right here. Uh-huh. Rin can't cook. No, Rin can she... cook really oh, well. Right. She cooks um Chinese, Chinese food. Right. And okay. and Japanese and Western food almost as well as Shiro. See, she's got Archer acting as her butler now, so I forget that she could do all of that shit herself because she has no maids. Yeah. <laughs> she's maidless behavior. <laughs> This whole scene, by the way, does not help my whole shipping Shiro and Issei thing, because they're really cute at each other. Uh Emiya, could you give me some of that fried chicken? My lunch is desperately lacking in meat. And then Uh he's like, well, that's great. I'll give you one in hope of repayment someday. Thank you. This too is part of my religious training. Issei bows deeply, and I'm like, oh my god, you too. I'm they not... have the same. They have the same energy as CL and Shiki having tea time together yes. and being old people together. Yes, uh-huh. 
I don't think I'm supposed to be like, they're so cute, but it's happening. We do have to get some more uh, ominous signs. Uh, Issei talks about a family of four being attacked this morning in Shiro's neck of the woods, which is what all those cops was about. Mm -hmm. Only the youngest of the family survived. The rest were killed with a long weapon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sword, maybe. Hmm. That's interesting. Oh, Shiro instantly, like, the moment he hears Issei say this, he instantly starts picturing it in his head. He instantly starts picture, like, how afraid the family was and, like, one of the older child died without ever waking up. And he immediately starts thinking about how awful a thing this was. And I'm like, yes, we get it. You have a savior complex. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Shiki, in the, hearing the same information, kind of getting too into it for a very different reason. <laughs> yeah, she was like, oh, a tragedy. And Shiki's like, you know what? I oh, bet I could do that. The faces of those people as they scream and bleed. <laughs> oh, um. And then the man with the worst face on Earth arrives. Uh, you mean Nero Chaos? Uh, <laughs> I hate this man. He has the worst vibe. 666 beasts in his body. He, has, he really does just look like chaos. He has the most rancid vibes. It's so bad. I don't think that's true. In this game? Okay, that's true. I think there are so many people with He has the worst vibes yeah. I have I would be scared of him if he was my teacher. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. He just looks... he gives off, like, scary teacher vibes to he's me. He's got that... I don't of, like he eats people. He's got the, like, someone just something... Put something that smells what? bad under my nose vibes... He's just like, uh-huh. mm, all the time. I think, I I guess, perhaps part of this is the narration of, like, Shiro's opinion. Uh-huh. But it very much feels like he's just like, oh, yeah, he's a high school teacher who doesn't believe that he should, like, be friends with his students. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just, like, very... He's the, he is Taiga's opposite. Yeah. He's very serious and, like, reserved and only very businesslike. Yeah, no, he's not actually a bad person. Say? I'm just like, You talked oh. about him eating people, and I was just like, I how? Said, I don't think he eats people. Yeah. Oh, I said, okay. I don't think... He's not a, like, a, he's not the monster of the story. Or oh, yeah, like no. That. He's just, no. like, a guy. I'm just like, vibes. Don't like the vibes. Shiro has work today, but he ends up skipping it because he's worried about the archery club. He goes by to make sure that Rin isn't there because uh, he heard that Rin hangs out sometimes. Uh, Shiro says out loud that Rin isn't there in time for Issei to catch him and assume that he was trying to ask her out. Mm-hmm. And he gets jealous. Uh, and decides to pull, her, pull Shiro aside and be like, listen, she's fucked up, man. Don't get close to that. <laughs> She's too strong and evil to get sick, and she skipped today. Uh, he does say, that woman is a fox, a schoolgirl, a monster. I just don't like her physiologically. I won't say anything bad, but you should try to hate her, too. Which is a hell of a line. Because she was like, how is none of that bad? And he's like, I meant it all as compliments. But still, stay the fuck away from her. <laughs> There's a couple lines in, his, in this. Uh, one, when... Issei's like, hey, what are you doing here? Shiro's like, oh, I, I was trying to check on Rin. And Issei's got a line about how suspicious it is that Shiro was explaining his reasoning when Issei didn't even ask, which is really oh, funny. And also, like, Shiro's like, I think the term schoolgirl was discrimination. I'm like, what the fuck? Which, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. It's just... 
Yeah, I think he he's he's responding to he's says dis, like dismissive tone. Mm-hmm. Like listing that along with fox and monsters definitely means that he's being shitty about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like She's a wait, what term girl, did he, he use? Was there implications there? No, he literally said schoolgirl. Oh, he, okay. he say doesn't say meant as compliments. I think he says, like, those were purely objective descriptions. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think he did say as a compliment. He, but I no, can't he does. Right he's got a line about that was praise. There are good foxes and monsters, too. Yes, he does. Oh, say that. right, yeah. right. Okay, never mind. I'm, I'm Goomba. I took a lot oh. of screenshots of this scene because he's got so many good lines. Importantly, Shiro's like, I have not heard anything bad about Rin. And he says, like, that's why she's so suspicious. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Great. Like, mm, yes. Her, uh, she has suppressed all of the bad rumors about her. She's uh-huh. too perfect, and it makes you say suspicious of her. Shiro does end up making it in time for work, after all. He has mm-hmm. a custodial job for three hours. Um, He's got a line about, I prefer hard physical labor that ends as quickly as possible, which I... That's worthy yeah, of a screenshot. He's hanging out at a certain big, empty park that is mostly just a desolate field left behind after a certain fire. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and thinking about said fire. He goes to work. Nothing eventful happens. He's headed home afterwards, and we get another uh, rinsing mirror. Mm. He looks up at the really tall, the tallest building in the area and can barely make out by magically enhancing his eyes a girl who looks a lot like tosaka rin shiro has mystic eyes of rin perception as it turns out yes he's got great eyesight for anyone who didn't watch the op uh the original one Uh uh-huh rin in this scene is holding a dagger and a bible and i just think that's even cooler than her standing on top of a building oh my god Okay, she's not in this CG. No. She's in the OP, though? Yes. Why would she have a Bible? Mm. Because she's Catholic, Ben. She is. Rin has become Catholic. That's true. Um, Uh, We did... While he's in the park, Shiro thinks about how... um, He's like, I know that I can't save everyone, but I can't be satisfied with that. I'm going to become an even cooler superhero than any that's existed. Oh, yeah. That's why I don't want to talk about that. He's hugely embarrassed. He definitely spent yeah, a while but like, just thinking about his whole savior complex superhero sh- thing. He's, oh, right. He's really mad that people helped other people in the fire and then those people died. And he's like, why did the people who tried to help others have to die? What? Is it greedy of me to want an ending where everyone is safe and happy? And I'm like, big mood, frankly, but also, like, buddy. Shiro has never seen a work of art finer than the Avengers Endgame. Yes, exactly. I'm dying. (laughs) I, like, yes. I, we can talk about you being dissatisfied with this stuff, but, like, if we are skipping over, like, core parts of shiro's I'm character to. i we read that line earlier so i'm skipping it oh yeah <laughs> no he he's sort of revisiting it in the context of the fire as opposed to just like as general philosophical concepts yeah he's like yeah. i refuse to accept a definition of heroism 
that requires anybody to die. Mm-hmm. Because he's just... I'm not purposefully skipping these things. <laughs> I thought we talked about it a bit earlier, so I would just speed okay. up. Because how, how, how long are we in? 2.45, but that's... We that's are probably got like way behind schedule. Half the problem. An hour, 45 minutes that are going to get cut. Right Shiro is going to talk about being a superhero <laughs> so much. That's true. In this. That's true. Yeah. We don't need I to don't cover it, all it of it. Always with the clarity mm-hmm. of purpose that we get here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rin looks really cool in the CG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just. I brought up the OP Rin because she's even cooler uh-huh. than uh, than she looks here. He uh, she disappears from vision. He's like, "What was she doing up there? I wonder." He's like, anyway. "Tosika sure has strange hobbies." Uh huh. Cosplaying on the roof, I guess. He passes by the house that those murders took place in the morning, and he gets mad at himself for not having somehow interceded, even though there's no way he could have. Mm-hmm. By the time he gets home, Sakura's already left. Taiga's still there. Sakura already cooked dinner and left because she had something to do. And uh, we get this interesting detail that Taiga leaves trash at Shiro's house. Just like Like, little presents. Picks up broken things and brings them. (laughs) And just like junk. And like, in this case, it's a poster for the the Japan Self-Defense Force. I've got the Uh I've got the list of things that he mentions her having brought by. Large bowls for restaurants, a heavy teapot she got in the shopping district, a strange guitar that plays by itself. I'm like, hang on, is that like electronic or is it haunted? Oh, that's I, I'm imagining it being something that you hang on the wall, like one of those. Yeah, like fish. a, like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. God. She's lucky she has not brought a singing bag. <laughs> she is lucky. <laughs> she would. I have a question about Taiga. There's a yeah. couple references, like, here's like, why can't you just eat at home? So she does have a home. She lives somewhere that isn't here. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, right. And then she's like, what? I am at home and is confused that he's suggesting she should be anywhere else, which is kind of a lot. Yeah. She feels just as at home there as she does at her father's house. Yeah. I doubt she has her own apartment. No, probably not. No. She doesn't seem... I mean, unless she's getting soccer to come over and clean it for her, I don't really see how she has her own apartment. Either that or it's like a real, like, if we ever saw that, it would be a real damn bitch. You live like this kind of situation. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tyga, come in, sit anywhere you want. There's just broken glass all over the floor. Well, there, yeah, I would believe that, like, Taiga lives in an apartment that looks like a Kaneshinjo from <laughs> just like uh, trash SSS bags lining every corner of it. Yeah, it's like sit wherever you want. There's a chair made of trash bags over there <laughs> if you want that one. Uh, yeah, plausible. Shiro wakes up dreaming after dreaming about the fire and has a bad feeling about today. Uh, this is two slash two, three long day, long night. Yeah. Two, two, three, long day, long night. Uh-huh. Oh the formatting God. is killing me, but 
two two day three. It is gonna be long a long day, day long, long night. night. Yeah, yeah. My first note is it sure is <laughs> the like exhausted face. We're like halfway through my notes. Can I get excited oh, about no. Tycho one more time? Go ahead, you go one more. Um is like uh, he she hits him with the fucking steel plate and he's like, You're gonna kill someone one day and he is Tiger's like, I'm not worried Shira would marry me if that happened. And I'm like, Bab, you're technically his teacher. What the fuck are you doing? This is ev- evidence of residual Tiger. Oh, route. yeah, no, that's yeah. definitely oh, Tiger. To route. be clear, the poster is a paper poster. She has a different poster that is made of steel that she hits him with and then takes that with, oh <laughs> with her. Yes. It's a poster in a steel tube. It's a poster in a steel tube. Oh, okay, is that, that what her. that is? Yeah. Yeah, because... And then leaves him the paper poster. Yes. It's Saturday, so school's going to let out early. Shiro's like, oh, I should hang out with Issei, which I think is just more work that he's mm-hmm. planning to do. That's not really hanging out, but... Food report. Breakfast. Fen, what's for breakfast? Uh, They had simmered... Lim- uh, hmm, hmm. <laughs> simmered <laughs> lotus root with chicken, which sounds great. Uh, And uh, Taiga is trying to get um sakura to bring her lunch uh-huh. and luckily sakura made enough made extras so yeah that she, she can just bring that for lunch shiro notes that this is a particularly complicated dish for breakfast but she mm. did make a lot of it mm-hmm. so it kind of makes sense uh there's a cute scene where taiga and shiro are like play fighting out of concern you know what i mean taiga yeah. is concerned for shiro because he's like pushing himself too hard like play fighting as in making fun of each making other. fun of each other but like they're communicating on some on like a sibling level. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. While Sakura looks on with a completely perplexed expression. Sakura's like, are you two okay? I thought you two got along. It's very cute. The whole breakfast scene's good. After breakfast, Sakura says that she's going to be busy until Monday. She's got mm-hmm. a lot to do this weekend. She's very worried he's going to yell at her for not cooking him food. <clears throat> but Shiro's not like an asshole. No. You know? She's like, oh, I'm not going off to the off to play because it's the weekend. Please don't misunderstand me. Like, you're allowed to have fun, Sakura. What the fuck? This this reads much more as like, oh no, I would be spending that time with you if I could. Uh-huh. Like, I promise this is not me avoiding you. I do like you. Uh-huh. God. She's a little bit like the like the dog that when you like raise your hand to pick up your drink around the dog shies away and you're like oh oh no are you okay yeah (laughs) yeah she's got the vibes she also notes that shiro's arm is bleeding apparently a lot (laughs) (laughs) yeah he has a he has a a bump from his shoulder all the way down to his left hand yeah uh a lot of it must be a lot of blood to be going all the way down there like that yeah um how how he didn't notice it earlier is how no one noticed didn't notice that well, is beyond it, me. I have it doesn't hurt is the thing he's bleeding but he's like oh I feel fine. Mm-hmm. She I gets have... really weird about it. Yes. Yeah, I have no idea what this is. I presume it's his command spell. Shiro gets to school and steps inside and has just the worst vibes. Really bad vibes in the school. This is him entering the bounded field. The, yeah, the Bound- blood fort. Yeah. God, yeah. that's such a cool name. It's a good name. Um, yeah, he says something about how when he closes his eyes, the people around him feel lifeless, all- like, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. The students around running around the schoolyard seem like empty dolls, he says, which is super creepy. 
but it's not doing anything yet. Yeah. It's a little presumptuous, Shiro. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing happens at school at all. Uh, he helps Issei for a bit, then heads home. What happens to him on his way home? <sighs> Shinji and his fan club, and Shinji's fan club, not Shiro's, mm-hmm. uh, show up, and Shinji's like, Hey, Shiro, uh, you should go clean the archery dojo. Uh, and one of the girls is like, didn't Ayako ask you to <laughs> do that? They ran him out instantly. It's so funny. Um, <laughs> and Shinji is just the worst person. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, well, you know, the shops are going to close if we don't go now. So we might as well let Shiro do it. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, anime boys love to be taken advantage of. They love it. Uh, by being asked to do cleaning up by other boys. Mm-hmm. That's all. <laughs> this is a, It is a fun, like the setup of this is very fun because it's Shiro taunting or Shiro being taunted by Shinji and not really reacting to it, not really understanding how Shinji is trying to hurt him, mm-hmm. and Shinji getting increasingly frustrated it's because he can't affect really Shiro. funny. There's a line. Uh, Shinji's like, keep talking like that. For you, everything is natural. Didn't I tell you that I hate how you act like a good kid? He, he like mm-hmm. he cannot stand how helpful Shiro is, and Shiro's like, "Sorry, I don't remember that. I thought it was just the sort of thing you say, so I didn't really notice it." <laughs> Shiro's just like, "Yeah, Shinji's just an asshole all the time. I don't have to pay attention to it." Uh, yeah. Shiro does say, "Like, you know what? I missed the archery club a little bit, so it was kind of nice hanging out in the dojo for a mm-hmm. bit, and cleaning up and all that." And he goes out of his way to do more cleaning than he was actually asked to do because he's having fun. He's literally like, "Another hour or two won't matter," which is uh-huh. just this wasn't even your responsibility, my dude. Uh huh. I've been I've been there with jobs before where I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm like having a good day at this job today. I will take some extra time, hang out extra late, and like clean up a little more. Mm-hmm. I've been there. Um, Shiro's not getting paid for this. No. He also notes that like there didn't used to be so many like expensive carbon like based bows mm-hmm. before, and I'm my only guess is that Shinji is buying them for all his toadies because he said he, she's. He says that there was one before, and I'm presuming that this is Shinji. I think he, I think explicitly, he says explicitly that it yes. was Shinji's. The only one um, used to be Shinji's, and now there's more of them. Yeah, so I guess it's, I'm guessing it's his fan club, but I don't know that for certain. I read that as uh, Shinji is hanging out with other rich kids uh, and bringing them into the club. Uh, oh, yeah, plausible. Can't even buy his bitches' bows, <laughs> then, huh? I believe it. It could also be Shinji buying them for people, but... It's symbolic of Shinji's takeover of the archery club. Mm -hmm. Uh Shiro does say that he prefers wooden bows. Yeah. They're more... Well, yeah, he likes old things, like Issei. It's cold and windy out. You know, what day is today? Huh. Uh, Shinji's here really late, or Shiro's here really late. We know that it's Shiro who gets killed, right? Yeah. Yeah, or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Green recognizes him yes. and Green's like, oh fuck. We said last episode yeah. at least. Yeah. Uh it's very funny that uh she was like, ah, all done. Hmm. Metal clashing sounds. Who else is here this late? And he goes to check. <laughs> I hear some sick shonen shit over there. 
Yeah, he gets close. This is an interesting reframing of the scene, too, because Rin's read of the scene is some idiot wandered up yelling. Mm-hmm. Whereas what actually happens is Shiro immediately knows that something is wrong and sneaks as close as he can, sees what's going on, is like, I have to get out of here, and then chooses to interrupt anyway yeah. to save Archer's life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or he thinks to save Archer's life. Uh-huh. He doesn't know who Archer is. No. Because uh, well, Lancer is going to use his noble phantasm, and Shiro says, oh, who's over there? Oh, my uh-huh. God, to get to his attention. Shiro knows that they're not human. Yes, he can tell oh. that immediately. Yeah, no. He's like, I don't even have to be a mage to know these are not human. Humans can't do that. Yeah. The whole, like, the way the writing goes when he's just, like, blue screening over this is so interesting to me. Because it's just, like, uh-huh. very short declarative sen- sentences. Like, they are not human. They're probably just things that look like humans. He's just like... Yeah. A little bit losing his fucking mind just watching this fight. Uh-huh. Yeah, he knows he knows impossible things are possible. Mm. But he hasn't been confronted with something like this before. Mm-hmm. He draws Lancer's attention and uh, bolts towards the school. Uh, he's like, fuck, I should have run towards a crowd, huh? <laughs> yep. I'm a dumbass. He loses Lancer, stops to catch his breath in the building. Uh, Shiro has not, he knows there was a third person there. He did not notice that it was Rin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was too busy uh, he's watching like, okay. the fight. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, at least I got away. And then, uh, Lancer appears, stabs him in the heart while telling him that he's very unlucky. <laughs> he's kind of like, no hard feelings, bud. Sorry about this. Oh, right in the heart. Shiro's like, oh, but I've studied the blade. I can't believe <laughs> I'm going out like this. He crumples to the ground. Uh... We hear Lancer, like, either talking to telepathically, or we don't hear the master, but he's communicating with his master, or whining about communicating mm-hmm. with his master. Uh, he calls himself a hero and says this was a dirty job that isn't suited for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then his master tells him to retreat, and he wanted to finish that fight, so he's annoyed. Rin arrives, tells Archer to go after Lancer. And we get a little bit more information on the healing process. Again, Rin made this sound like she hemmed and hawed over it a lot. Like this was a hard decision, or for a little bit. Like it was a hard decision to use the pendant. Uh But Shiro describes her as having no hesitation whatsoever to waste this thing on him. Yeah, which is Uh like, oh yeah, sure. Rin probably had a long mental conversation with herself that took all of a second Uh before Uh she decided to save him. It's uh, also great that Rin, perhaps based on the fact that we had her internality, like without even realizing mumbles about how, like, if I can save him, this is like get accepted to college instantly, yeah. uh, like uh, level magic that uh, no, uh-huh. very, very few people could do this. Yeah, she's like, I could get into clock tower with this shit. Uh, despite the fact that. In her mind, she was thinking, this isn't going to work. I'm not a, I'm not an expert at this. Notably, Shiro doesn't know who this is still. He can't see it at mm-hmm. the time, and he doesn't recognize the voice. Mm-hmm. Or he's, like, too out of it to really connect who it is. So she drops the pendant on him, uh, makes a joke at her own expense, and then leaves. Mm-hmm. Shiro wakes up a little while later. What's his first instinct upon waking up? <laughs> he cleans. Uh, clean up. <laughs> 
clean up the hallway. <laughs> clean up the site of his own murder, yes. He's, he's like, why do I still think I have to clean up when I've just met something outrageously, outrageous and been killed instantly? Am I an idiot? Yes. Yes, Shiro, you're an idiot. He stumbles home in a daze after that. Um, yeah, no one else is there anymore. It's very late. He's like, I wish I knew who saved me so I could thank them. And then a little bell over his table rings. Uh, Kiritsugu set up a bounded field to warn people when their perimeter is breached. Mm -hmm. And he's like, "Uh uh-oh, blue guy's going to come and kill me again. Uh Uh-huh. Shiro's not going to let that happen, though. Shiro's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to fight him this time. (laughs) He like... He's like, the guy had a big spear. I can't fight him with a knife. I need something longer. The only thing he can find that's long is the Japan Self-Defense Force poster that Taiga left, which is very uh-huh. simple. Yes. He uses his magic to reinforce it, which he's like, whoa, I haven't done this once properly since Kiritsugu died. So, mm. you know, I'm doing pretty good, actually. So, yeah, he turns it as hard as steel, even though it still looks like a poster. Which is very good. Uh, he wants to get to the shed and try and get make to a stronger weapon with stuff in there. Uh, he barely dodges Lancer coming through the ceiling. This this is a good point, as any, to bring up. I miss Shiki's preternatural sense of death because he is tied to death. Mm. Instead of just... Uh, instead of just, oh, I am a, a main character in a shonen thing and I have plot armor. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Which means that suddenly despite the fact that i have zero combat training and uh that that will be a plot point in the future that i have never actually fought anyone um i am suddenly very good at avoiding yeah. like a, a legendary hero's spear yeah that is that is a good bit for shiki right is like yes it is it is plot relevant he's not I like it less when it becomes, oh, he has supernatural blood uh, fighting power, you know what I mean? Mm. The Particularly the part with Sh- Shiki where he no- can feel his own death and automatically acts to avoid it. Because it's hard to kill him <laughs> from external causes is very cool. That yeah. bit is that's, good. That's the bit that I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah, he, he, he has an inextricable like link to death as a concept and also his own uh-huh and so it's like preternaturally good at avoiding it and it's not just shiro is the main well we need you to keep surviving so we want cool like action to happen also so lancer comes through the ceiling which is a fact that is completely forgotten by yep. the way <laughs> oh that's a shame how does he how does he even get up there he jumps he's a servant oh okay fair uh lancer is really at the end of his rope not physically he's just getting annoyed Mm. Mm -hmm. he's like man why didn't you stay the fuck dead i don't want to do this anymore uh there's some shonen fighting stuff uh he's doing shiro dot like deflects a couple lazy blows and lancer's like oh okay i'll take this a little seriously and murder you Mm -hmm. shiro leaps out the window uh and dodges like blocks another hit etc cetera, etc cetera. gets roundhouse kicked in the gut and sent flying into like to the shed yeah no he he flies like 20 feet now lancer doesn't know this but kicking shiro in the direction of the shed is the worst thing he could have done for himself it's true 
Um, there is Shiro does one cool move, which is unroll the poster into a shield, like an iron shield, to block one last shot from Lancer, which is cool. And Lancer's like, "Oh, that was sick, actually." <laughs> oh, then uh, when uh, hmm? when Lancer kicks Shiro, the background flips upside down for a second. Yeah, which uh-huh. I love. Yeah, there. I think we talked about it a little bit in the first episode, uh, or in the prologue, but like. Having a new engine that is just more flexible and uh-huh. lets them do more fun things is really mm. cool. Yeah, like yeah, totally. the the having a background and then fading in a bunch of like other background parts of other backgrounds uh for locations mm-hmm. on day one or like this, which is like, oh yeah, you got kicked, and so it's fun to see the background mm-hmm. roll upside down. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. Also, the background oh, starts like glitching out when Shiro's in yeah. pain, which is a cool mm-hmm. effect. We are back to the very opening lines of the game with the the spear coming at Shiro and then being deflected. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's a girl in armor, folks. Yeah! Saber. Could that be Saber? Yes. yes. The Saber? Yes. <laughs> She's here. Lancer uh, makes a tactical retreat because he's realized he's lost control of the situation a little bit. After she blocks his spear. And we get again Shiro or Sh- Saber saying the line to Shiro about fate and swords and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shiro talks at length about how pretty Saber is. Oh, yeah, no, he's uh-huh. like, a lot. he's like, I literally forgot Lancer was going to kill me because she's so pretty. I'm like, yeah, I do that every time I see a cool girl, too. Uh huh. So his hand hurts. He doesn't know that it's command spells yet, but it's command spells. Saber jumps out of the shed to go fight Lancer. Ashiro is like, Shiro has a, has a similar like sense that she's not human, but hasn't quite admitted it to himself yet. And so he's like, "Well, no, that girl is gonna, that little girl's gonna get hurt. Oh no, I'm a man. I gotta go protect her." Mm-hmm. It uh, kind and of then, sucks. Like, and then sees her like uh, handing Lancer his ass a little bit. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, she is wielding that thing, <laughs> which is, of course, the uh, giant dildo bat from Saints Row. You know, the one that flaps around a lot. Uh-huh. That's what she's using. Ah, that's why it's invisible. She's that's... too embarrassed. <laughs> Saber has an invisible weapon, and part of why she's ate, uh, got Lancer on the rope so much is that he can't tell how long it is. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of nervous about getting too close. You would think you would figure it out pretty quickly. But I guess that's not really a skill you need when you're fighting much, because people don't typically use invisible swords. Yeah. And also, like, even if you could figure it out, it's hard to judge distances when you're fighting someone. Like, he is a supernatural warrior from uh, Legend. Yeah. But even then, it's like... It's it's just extra difficult. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is... Even if these two were perfectly matched... Uh-huh. Then, and Saber's, you could see Saber's sword, then they would be perfectly matched. But if, like, Lance, or, yeah, if Lancer has to spend 25% of his brain just being like, okay, and here's where the tip of her blade is, mm-hmm. then, like, oh, suddenly he's at a huge disadvantage. Um, she, he says, Shiro says that her, she's burning so much magical energy in every swing that has become, like, a visible, like, spark of light mm-hmm. uh, surrounding her. Uh, and it's like crackling like lightning up uh Lancer's spear. 
Uh-huh. He's like, whoa, that's not anything. That's the opposite of efficient magic. Uh, Saber overextends a little and makes a huge crater in the ground. And Lancer's like, oh, I got her this time. And then she just, no, she just recovers faster than he could possibly expect. Lots of well, stuff hyping up Saber. She lured him in. Yeah. She did what looked like an attack that would have left her with a huge opening mm -hmm. and instead is like just leaving her sword there so that Lancer will jump back in and uh -huh. so that she can get him. thought it was a one, two, but it was a one, two, three. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, Lancer's, <laughs> Lancer backs up and is like, is your noble phantasm a sword? And she says, who knows? It might be a battle axe or it might be a spear. It might even be a bow, Lancer. <laughs> just to be shitty. <laughs> Um, he does his NP pose again mm -hmm. and is like, Hey, listen, you want to, let's, wait, what if we just broke this off here and like came at it when we were both better prepared? She's like, no, I'm going to kill you now. And, uh, what, what does, uh, Lancer do? Lancer, Lancer's cool sometimes. Uh, he's, he's a huge dweeb, but, uh, in moments like this, he's cool. Uh, he leaps in and he hold so he's holding his lance low, uh -huh. and then he stabs lower, uh huh, um, like a, towards her feet. Yeah, uh, she jumps because you know if you're stabbing a lance into the ground, the best way to avoid that is to get up in the air. Uh, but he yells "Gay Bulg," um, releasing his noble phantasm, and uh, the spear stabs her in the heart. This is fascinating. You. You like the uh, how the spear works, yes? It's I remember great. you telling me about it. Why don't Perfect. you explain it to us? Okay. Oh, we got a wounded saber sprite almost immediately. Uh-huh. Uh, so, one, I guess we can't say it yet, but I know... I bet we have at least one listener who, upon learning what Lancer's Noble Phantasm name is, already knows who Lancer can, is. Can narrow it down. Um... Uh, right. So, uh, Gabolg works by reversing causality, which basically sick. means it is sick. It's so cool. It basically means that, uh, because, uh, be, yeah, it, uh, it works by ensuring that the spear pierces the target's heart and then works backwards to make that happen. Yeah. So no matter where the spear was before piercing their heart, it will end up piercing their heart. And so uh, I think Shiro describes it as um, like without without moving or changing shape, it just suddenly went from being stabbed into the ground to stabbing into Saber's heart. Yeah, but critically, it doesn't teleport and it doesn't turn into energy. It, it like it doesn't change shape at all, right? Yeah. It doesn't teleport. It takes a path to get there. Or at least it feels like it did in their minds, right? Yeah. <laughs> but this but is like... Because he threw the spear, or because he used the spear, it is in her heart. Right. Yes. Um, and which is like, oh, that's why he... he uh, Because, again, because it doesn't teleport, that's why he uh, stabs low so that enemies aren't guarding their chests where uh -huh. they might have a chance of like blocking it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or yeah, yeah, it just does um, whatever it is. needs to in order to actually have hit her chest, because it yeah. had to have. Uh huh. Um, this is like an interesting reality marbles. We know that reality like doesn't like 
and gets rid of uh-huh. because they're overriding reality. This feels like using that same logic. Uh, like the world's trying to make sense of something impossible. Yeah. Like yeah. in post. Fix it in post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the world is like, wait, that that couldn't have happened. Oh, no. Here's how it happened. Here's how it would have happened if it had happened. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's impossible to dodge because its success is a precondition of its use. Yes. Which is fun. However, Saber didn't get hit as bad as she could have. No, she did dodge a little bit. <laughs> Shiro's like, I think that's more impossible than the first <laughs> So either she is, she either she has incredible luck or some kind of divine grace because she's not dead yet. Uh-huh. Just, you know, stabbed in the heart a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite being uh, ghosts, say, uh, servants are vulnerable in the heart and the head. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, we do get a little more. Uh, he's an Irish heroic spirit, and she calls him Man of Light. Yeah, uh-huh. I think it's translated in official things as Child of Light, but I don't Child know what you would yeah. what it would be in Irish <laughs> or in Gaelic. No idea. Don't know enough about Irish stuff. Mm-hmm. Saber figured Saber, out. Saber. Saber is tiny she's She's so so small as soon as the two of them are on screen together i just start screaming uh it's so funny so big that his head like goes off the screen practically Uh and saber is like half the screen uh it's very little guy all of the cgs and sprites we've seen so far have just been saber alone or saber standing over uh well we we have one uh, from Rin's perspective of Sab- Saber standing over her, or we have the one of uh, Saber in the shed standing over Shiro. So until this point, there's no real indication that she's like five foot, maybe. Hang on. <laughs> she's tiny. She's adorable. Hang on. Um, she's canonically a hundred. Yeah, she's canonically five foot even. She's 154 centimeters. Tiny. She's tiny. Tiny. <laughs> It's great. Um, Lancer is like, oh, this is bullshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I used my secret move. It's supposed to be fatal every time, and now my boss is telling me to get out of here, and I'm so mad. Yeah. So he makes a run for it. He makes... It, Lancer makes reference to his master being a coward, which is a thing that's yeah. come up several times by this point, that Lancer's just like, oh my god, my master is so cowardly. Yeah, no, he can't mm-hmm. stand him. Um, Shira or Saber makes a move like she's gonna follow him, but then stumbles. She's kind of recovering, but not fast. Mm-hmm. And then she like turns towards Shiro, like with a blank expression, very neutral expression. And he's like, "Who are you? <laughs> Who is she?" Uh, well, she's Saber. Oh, she's his servant. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. So Shiro is the seventh master. Yeah, makes sense. She has no hoge. She has no hoge, which uh, is the little like hair flip. The anime uh-huh. girl, like little bit of hair that sticks up and kind of like noses around like an antenna. <laughs> you know what I mean? I definitely think that her hoge gets like plumper over the years. I think it's pretty thin now mm-hmm. to represent how much goofier she gets as time goes on. There's a fun in a scene that somewhat uh again like shiro and rin mirror each other a lot there there are there are parallels drawn and there are also like uh kind of mirrors of each other um let's see yeah uh she's like 
okay, you have no idea what's going on. But you summoned me, and I'm not going to betray you, yep. so everything's going to be fine. Uh-huh. Which is like, Archer shows up and is like, was it you who summoned me? Really? <laughs> you? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and even when he admits to himself that, like, okay, it was you, he just says, like, okay, go stand in the basement. Uh-huh. I'll win this for you. Uh, Saber is also going to go win this for Shiro, uh-huh. but she doesn't really care what Shiro does. She's just like, yeah, I'll keep you safe, and I'll win this. Uh-huh. Try me. Very confident girl. Uh, also notable, he tells her to stop calling him uh, Master, and she, like Archer, chooses to call him just by his first name. Mm-hmm. He gets all flustered He's about less it. flustered. Does he get flustered? He does still get flustered about it. Which is like... He doesn't yeah. get, like, uh, enormously it's, it's flustered, forward. but he's yeah. got a comment about, like, oh, shit, you're, you're not supposed to do that. Uh, Shiro notices that he has command spells now, not that he knows what they are. Saber's like, hey, hey, uh, Shiro, cast a heal spell on me real quick. I gotta go kill some more guys. <laughs> and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you kidding me? Healing spells? I can't do that shit. And she looks immediately worried. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, okay, fine. Uh, the hole in my chest is mostly closed up. The inside's still fucked up. I'm gonna go jump that wall. Okay, I'm gonna go kill some guys. Well, BRB. yeah, Shiro's first... Super loves to kill some guys. Shiro's first instinct is like, but didn't you heal already? And yeah. she's like, yeah, the armor, not the bit inside. <laughs> I think her the outside of her chest is probably okay. Yeah, she stopped yeah. bleeding. But, like, she's still she got a hole, a hole in, in her heart. Uh, Shiro runs after her in a confused state and sees her about uh, he he watches her butcher archer in like two hits and then is about to behead rin when he manages to interrupt uh-huh oh he sees rin use the wind spell and it do nothing uh-huh. yeah is this i feel like there's a thing in some of the lore later about sabers being resistant to magic this has come up already. Oh, okay. Yeah. Say, uh, night classes are resistant to magic. Sabers are especially resistant, and I think that this saber is particularly resistant to magic. Mm. Yes. So Shiro's like, "Hey, uh, stop that!" And she's like, "Hey, we gotta kill this girl, man. I don't know what to tell you." <laughs> and she's like, "If you order me not to kill someone, I will not obey. So use a command spell. Go ahead, do it. If you want her to live." uh-huh now this what happens well real quick yeah saber and shiro are such conflicting personalities oh yeah uh shiro's shiro's whole goal his everything is saving everyone and saber's like no we have a war to win of course we're gonna have to kill other people uh-huh. she doesn't she doesn't go out of her way to kill people but if the person's in front of her needing to be killed she will kill that person and feel nothing about it yeah if anything she'll feel successful about it Uh uh-huh um let's see oh right yeah rin rin is like uh really you're gonna you're gonna betray your master's wishes that quickly huh betray immediately like (laughs) sets saber on edge because Uh he literally just said i'm not gonna betray you Uh rin's reaction here is incredible because Rin has ha- just had, like, the worst evening of her life. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even worse than when she fucked up summoning that servant and then wasted a command spell. She has now wasted a second command spell uh-huh. and essentially lost immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her reaction is, like, 
oh, fuck this. Oh, fuck this. And she just gets up and starts being the smarmiest little shithead the entire world because she's like, either I'll die or I won't. Uh huh. She's so good. Uh huh. She's she brushes her butt off shamelessly. Yeah. No, it does say that. It takes Shiro so long to realize who it is. Uh huh. Uh, and then he's like, "Oh, it's you." Uh huh. Uh, and then his head Rin practically invites explodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Rin invites herself inside, and Shiro's like. I'm sensing that she's mad. <laughs> I'm not 100% certain why. And also, she has like a real different vibe than she does at school. <laughs> Almost like she's a completely different person at school and uh-huh. at home. Inside the house, several things are happening. Shiro is trying to understand what's happening. Saber is following him lo- like a lost kitten. Mm-hmm. I would say like a lost puppy. Puppy. Yeah, kitten is a better. Uh huh. Kitty saber theory. Kitty saber theory. Neko saber theory. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> no reason. You want her to be a dog girl? I wish Saber was a dog girl. She likes dogs. Yeah. Shiro knows about familiars and is like, so Saber is my familiar, I guess? It doesn't, she's not really functioning the way I think of a familiar's functioning. Mm-hmm. Rin is like, oh wow, you don't live in a little hut, you peasant. <laughs> so good <laughs> what a nice place uh i think uh as soon as rin takes off the coat the cool coat and shows off the like boring school uniform underneath is she's much less cool she's much cooler if she keeps the coat on she still looks great but that is by like virtue hmm? i don't like that uniform no i was about to say that is by virtue of her looks not the school use uniform uh-huh she uses a spell to repair the window. It's German. Uh, it translates to minute before welding, which I'm not really sure what they were going for there. I mean, she welds the pieces of the window back together. Yeah, it's not that kind of welding. It's just as awkwardly phrased, man. Uh, I mean, that is also machine translation. Mm. Oh, yeah. On my part, and almost certainly on Nazi's part. <laughs> Did... And I looked. I looked into it. Welding is definitely the term used. Okay. Minute. Uh, minuten. Minuten yeah. is definitely minute. Yeah. I don't. Did machine translators exist in? He might be looking up in a di- like yeah. Japanese to German dictionary, <laughs> yeah. word by word. Yeah. Uh, and like assembling them. Mm-hmm. She's got a line in here where she's like, "It's good to be surprised, but sometimes you should just shut up and accept things." Uh-huh. And it's just very good. She's like, just shut up and listen to me. Rin fi- has fixed his window, and he's like, yeah, I couldn't do that. And she's like, oh, shit, fuck. Why did I... Why am I here? What am I doing? What's my life? I will note that she fixed the window because it was cold in there, right? Because the wind mm-hmm. coming in. No one makes any mention of the hole in the ceiling. <laughs> I believe that what happened is that Lancer climbed up on the ceiling... And like like Spider Man's oh, his Spider-Man way across it. the ceiling and then dropped down. He didn't come through the ceiling? No. I, d- I don't think so. <laughs> That's even <laughs> stupid. <laughs> uh let's see. So Rin does some more explaining about Holy Grail Wars. We're not gonna talk through all of this because 
she's we've done this before mm-hmm. we've heard this on the podcast it is very funny that she's so mad at him for getting saber uh-huh there was no other servants left you lost your chance Rin. she literally gets a face palm sprite at one point which is very good i also think it's very notable here rin does at no point mention that she saved Shiro's life. Doesn't imply it, doesn't say anything about it. In fact, explicitly denies it. Yeah. At one point, saying like, oh, you, I know you died. You came back to life. Don't know how. She does not want credit for that for some reason. Mm-hmm. Or perhaps she doesn't want him to feel like he owes her. Mm-hmm. Well, because she blames herself for him dying. Ah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. That makes sense. Um... Even though it really wasn't her fault. She didn't kill him. No, but she fought in a place where uh-huh. someone... And she was attacked. But no, totally. She explains Grail War, command spells. He's like, hey, just so you know, don't use your last command spell no matter what you do because you will die instantly. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And she's like, you look like you're thinking about trying to get a- wiggle your way out of this, but you're just going to get hunted down by Lancer and others if you try and not be in the Holy Grail War, so you're stuck. Uh, they have some quibbling about what a familiar is. Rin calls Saber a ghost liner, which is a fun phrase. Yeah, I've never heard that <laughs> Doesn't one really before. explain what that means. Presumably it's because she's a... She is a person who existed before, right? So, ghost, like... You yeah, know. this is another phrase that Nasu thought sounded cool. Yes, yeah. uh-huh. is my guess. It's just a fake. It's like, yeah, like, okay, this is an interesting thing. She says something about how the process of becoming a heroic spirit is open to any humans, animals, or machines yeah. that leave behind a great enough record. Haven't you been taught that any humans, animals, or machines that leave any great achievements behind get removed from the Ring of Reincarnation and sublimate into the be- into beings of higher rank? Heroic- Where the fuck do you learn that? <laughs> Heroic spirits are like that. To put it simply, they have been worshipped and made into artificial gods. Uh-huh. Do you think the first train is a heroic spirit? Absolutely, hmm. yes. Yeah. Just because I want to think that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, this is a fascinating... I think I, I took this screenshot because it is like, oh, yeah. It, it's such an interesting seeing... Like, oh, yeah, the fate depends on the existence of like a buddhist cycle of reincarnation uh-huh. that's just how things work uh-huh. in that world yeah which is like oh yeah well well of course like, it's reincarnation yeah yeah makes sense but it is it is interesting coming from uh catholic ren catholic ren yeah uh it, well it is interesting even to like the church who presumably does not at all believe in reincarnation in general. Mm-hmm. Like, this is still fundamental, too. They believe in reincarnation because they made a weapon that kills reincarnation. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they re- believe in reincarnation and see it as a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, Let's see. Uh, We get some information about how fucked Saber is. Uh... Shiro's lack of magical circuits means that she can't replenish her magical energy properly or go into spirit form. This is not Shiro's lack of magical circuits. No. It was His the, magical energy. It was a um the summoning was not normal. Oh, <laughs> oh I assume. In much the same way like the worst that happened to Archer was falling through the ceiling. Right. 
Mm-hmm. The worst that happened to Saber is that her connection with Shiro is Damn. not a normal connection. Right, because he say. was just sitting in a circle being really salty about having his life saved and then wasting it by dying again. And then uh-huh. Saber just yeah. showed up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He didn't say the whole thing. Yeah, no, he didn't, he didn't do say any of it. He didn't about, do a summoning uh... at all. I've got, like, I fucking made a note of his dialogue he's literally just like oh i can't die so meaningless because i was saved i have an obligation to fulfill and, sounds like saber and, no wonder saber showed up for that yeah trip. yeah saber's just like oh okay <laughs> yeah no like Shiro doesn't do anything that even vaguely resembles a summoning ritual he just sits there and feels bad about himself <laughs> until saber shows up uh, let's see. Rin's like, okay, uh, field trip time. We're gonna go see the boss. The guy who is overseeing the Growl War. Shiro's like, I don't want to do that. And then Saber's like, go go do it. And he's like, okay, I will. We also get a really interesting bit of information. Saber has been summoned into the modern era before and uh, knows enough about it that she isn't, Shiro doesn't have to worry about her. These are two separate things. She yeah. says that she was summoned into the modern era before, which, and the second part of that, knowing about modern things, that's part of being a servant. Yes. You learn about the, the age you're being summoned in. Yes. That's just a part part of it. Mm-hmm. But, and Rin's expecting that part. Rin is not expecting the, I've been summoned to this era before. Uh-huh. Yeah, she looks kind of shocked about that. Yep. Uh, Let's see. Rin looks like she's having fun again. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shiro is like, you know what he say? You are a great judge of character, <laughs> actually. I'm sorry for doubting you. <laughs> it's past 1am. Yes, it is. These, I, I would die in a Holy Grail War for multiple reasons. Uh-huh. Number one, lack of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Die of exhaustion. Rin says it's only an hour each way. Uh-huh. Uh, Shiro gets up at, like, 5.30. <laughs> it's past one right now. Uh-huh. That's, like... He does sleep late tomorrow. Three Wait, hours Actually, no, this is... Oh, that was yesterday. He slept late. Or yeah. Like He's gonna get, like, two or three hours of sleep tonight. That's nothing. Yeah. Uh, I want to make a very... Fen, do you want to make this very, very important note? Uh, Saber has a raincoat <laughs> on, and she looks incredible. <laughs> and, oh... And Saber isn't talking to Shiro right now because Shiro's the one who made her wear the raincoat yes! and she's mad about it. Yes! So Saber can't go into spirit form. Yeah. She refuses to take her armor off. Yeah. There is a very awkwardly drawn over her spray raincoat over her it's armor. Bright. With her it just rolls. It's bright it. yellow. It it's incredible. <laughs> Also, because oh. Saber's mad at Shiro for making her wear a raincoat, she's talking to Rin and making Rin relay things, and it's very good. Uh-huh. Her and Rin are bonding Yes, now. I'm like, oh no, Shiro, your crushes are friends now. Uh, they go through a shortcut by the park. I, as soon as I was like, oh, Shiro's taking them down a shortcut, they're going to get jumped. No, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh... This is a church which used to be an orphanage. That is a Resident Evil location. Yep. Me. <laughs> yes. Now, this is very, very funny. This next bit. Because we see, uh, like, a tiny little neighborhood church. 
Mm-hmm. And Shiro's like, what a magnificent cathedral. <laughs> Shiro and I have very different definitions of what a big chapel is. Uh-huh. I was raised Catholic, and I went to a small church that could fit probably like 300, 400 people. I went to a relatively small church, not Catholic. This place looks like but... it could hold like 30 tops. There's like... That is closer to the church that I went there. to. He's so impressed by it, though. Mm-hmm. Shiro has not become Catholic. No. Rin gives some backstory on this priest that we're meeting. Uh, he's her guardian and her second magic teacher. And Shiro's like, don't church people fucking hate magic? We know a bunch of church people who use magic, or we know of church people who use magic, but I don't yeah. think that they're uh, priests. I think they're more of a dark underbelly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Also, Rin calls this church Kotamine Church. This is very <laughs> funny to me. It's not named after a saint or a relic or the Sacred Heart or I... Jesus Christ himself. It is named after the priest who runs it. My guess it is must have that a name, but... what she means is Kotamine's church. She calls but... it the Kotamine Church. Yeah. Is there ever another name for it? Because until proven otherwise, Kotami... Saint Kotamine's <laughs> So, we meet the man himself, Kotamine Kide. Uh, he's wearing black, he's got a dark blue like coat, he's got a cross on, shoulder length, kind of brown, a little bit grayish hair. Shiro hates his vibes. Shiro fucking hates him. He's like, I don't think he's like violent or he doesn't have a killing vibe. He's just got like a heavy presence that's making me uncomfortable. My uh-huh. first impression on seeing him is I bet this guy was in a band 10 years ago. He looks the hair. Yeah, yeah no, he looks very... like he would have been in a band. Kide seems to be excited when he hears Shiro's name. Uh, that's not suspicious. No. He also thanks him for getting Shiro's stop by Shiro's family name. Yeah, doesn't care about Shiro. Here's Emion is like, oh, oh, hello. <laughs> Rin's like, hey, will you teach him magic from the ground up? And Kide is like, no. Are, do we want to call him Kotamine or Kide? I wrote Kide in my notes, but we can call him Kotamine if you prefer that. Whichever. What do you usually call him when you're talking about him? Kotamine, probably. Okay, we'll try and do Kotamine. Kotamine. You can do Kide. Well, I want to keep it straight as much as possible so it's easier to keep track of who we're talking about. Okay. Kide is Kotamine. First name terms with this guy, Ben. (laughs) You must know him really well. Very close friends with him. Kotamine is like. Oh, Rin's asking me for favors. This is warming my heart. And she's like, fuck you. (laughs) Shiro wants to give up on being a master. And Kotamine is like, no, 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 no. You have to believe in yourself and strive for the grail and et cetera, et cetera. And he like reacts really weirdly to it. And Rin has to like snap him out of it. I was like, is is Kotamine Tsukihibe hypnosising him? No, I think like... Kotamine. It's just his presence, right? Yeah. Kind of like tells you and you kind of like start to believe him. You have to stop yourself. Well, it's also that Kotamine, uh, apparently based purely on who Shiro's father was, knows exactly how, how to, to get Shiro to listen to him. He says a bunch of weird things in this. Uh, at does. one point he refers to cleaning out all the mud inside of you, which... We'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. <laughs> And he also there's a lot to this. He also references erasing the burns that cannot be seen, and I'm like, oh, you know exactly who Shiro is. 
Oh, don't worry. I've got this all written oh, down. Okay, down. okay, okay. Kotamine talks for so fucking long. <laughs> he does. He says a whole lot. He does confirm some interesting stuff. The Grail is the one picking the masters and servants mm-hmm. and pairing them up. The Grail rejects the idea that people can share its power, mm-hmm. which is why everyone has to fight. Rin makes it clear that you don't have to kill masters to win the war. All the servants besides your own have to die, but not the masters. Yeah, it you is should worth, kill the masters. Up until now, both Rin and uh, Kotamine have said a Holy Grail war is about killing the six other masters. Yes. And Shiro's like, okay, one sec. Why couldn't we all just get together and talk about it? Um... And so, yeah, Rin is like, well, okay, I guess you dumbass, I guess you could just kill all six other servants. But... Shiro is not bothered by the idea that you have to kill the servants because mm-hmm. they're ghosts, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, uh, Kotamine is very like, you will kill the other masters. It's very bad if you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we missed this, but the, the Grail is not a physical object. I think we talk about that a little later. Oh, is it later? Yeah. Let's okay. talk about these command spells. Yeah. The, 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 the issue with the masters is that as long as a master has a command spell, that doesn't go away when their servant dies. Mm-hmm. They could get a new servant. Yeah. This is if a if you kill a different master, but not the servant, the yeah. servant has a little bit of time where they could get away and get a new master. Uh-huh. Which is wild, and I'd never imagined that before, but it's really cool. Uh-huh. Using up all your command spells makes you not a master anymore, apparently. Mm-hmm. I'm not clear on if you can still feed magic energy to your servant after you've spent the last command spell. I'm but it doesn't seem like you typically either. live very Haven't long. Haven't they made you, reference so. that usually when you use your last command spell, your servant turns on you? That's not. I'm not clear on that. It, how much of that is because people mistreat their servants That's and they are, they're raring for a chance to kill their master? Yeah. Or if it's like a like psychotic urge that appears when you don't have yeah, no, i figured it was anymore. volitional as opposed to like they are driven to do this but generally uh-huh. speaking it seems like if you don't have command spells and you aren't their master anymore they're like okay fuck you it seems as long as you have a command spell the servant is encouraged not to kill you because masters sleep Servants could kill them very right. easily if they mm-hmm. want. But to. you're still a master, their master, and they're not like it seems like they're restricted to some degree from doing that just by possessing the role. And once you're no yeah, longer they in can that, kill yes, you. But once you're no longer they in that role, they're like, okay, I have no reason not to kill you. Except for wanting to stay in the war, I guess. Okay. But if your master sucks, yeah. maybe you just kill him. Uh, let's see. So, Shiro gets the thing. He could blow his command spells and hide out in the church until it's all over. Um, we get some more stuff about Holy Grails, about, uh, Kotamine's job to recover the true cross, which I don't really know why that would be in Japan. (laughs) Along with 726 Holy Grails. Yeah, this is the 726th, uh, Holy Grail. However, there's only been five Holy Grail Wars, so the other 721 Grails must be unrelated. Oh, and they're all... This is in Japan specifically. Oh, yeah. Apparently Holy Grails are a very common occurrence. Oh, yeah, in Japan. I thought... I think this is... The 726th Holy Grail was here. Uh Uh-huh. That is 725 Grails across the... Oh, 
yeah, okay, that, that makes, makes more, more sense. sense. The 726th Grail has appeared here, not oh, this yeah. is the 726th Grail in Japan alone. I think, is this also where uh, Kotomine says, yeah, like, it, it, whether or not it is a fake Grail doesn't matter because it can grant wishes mm. he says that like the church's interest is we got to check to make sure it's not the real grail because yeah. the real grail we want it mm -hmm. if it's not like it's still like a big thing so it's not any less valuable well but there is a, an interesting thing of like oh its use proves its authenticity. oh yes uh -huh. yeah that it can grant that it can grant a wish means that it is the real grail. yeah 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 uh -huh. he's got a line about that where he's like it doesn't matter if it's real or not it does this thing and that makes it uh -huh. real uh let's see yeah uh kotamine makes it clear that even if the person who's going to win sucks ass and is evil they won't the church won't step in and the association won't mm -hmm. step in mm -hmm. uh presumably if you use your wish for something very public uh they'll come after you but mm -hmm. you know uh let's see kide uh kotamine is baiting shiro mm -hmm. And knows mm -hmm. exactly how to push his buttons. And he's like, oh, yeah, you remember that big fire? You remember the big fire? Oh, yeah, that was because an unworthy master touched the grail. Shiro is immediately bought it. Oh, yeah, yep. Shiro's just like, well, I can't have that. Here is where we get Kire. They say something about how servant only servants can touch the grail because it's a spirit object. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And Kire is like, actually, I touch the grail every day. Uh-huh. Uh what he means is he has a physical replica of it that this the real grail's power can be guided into. Yes. He's got a little cup that he'll put the grail into uh -huh. to turn into the real thing. Uh-huh. I guess he just longingly touches it every day. <laughs> <laughs> he just strokes it fondly. He talks about how someone there was only one person who really came close to completing the grail and getting the wish, but he fucked it up. Uh, yep. He looks very regretful while he's talking about this. It's him. Uh -huh. I I think Rin uh, literally yeah. calls him out on that. Actually, yeah. Uh huh. Yes. Rin is the one to say, "Oh, it was you." Yeah. yeah. Uh and he he messed up because he refused to fight other masters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he said that he he lost his servant first. Mm -hmm. He gave up on fighting people halfway through. He said he fought at the beginning and then gave up halfway through uh -huh. on fighting. And so because he didn't prove himself to the Grail, the cup he got was empty. Mm -hmm. Didn't have the power that he saw. There's... Yeah. Can I just say a thing about the Grail? The yeah. Grail's an asshole. Because it says... Bit. He says several times while explaining this that... The, this is a trial from the Grail to determine who is the most suitable to receive it. If you don't fight, it won't consider you suitable. And it, uh -huh. there's literally a line, uh, that doesn't complete the Holy Grail. It decides its own master. It could not be in, obtained by a man who avoided battles. The Grail's just like, uh -huh. boy, howdy, I sure do love people killing each other. Amen. I mean, if you're going to have, like, a contest to, of wills, the person who sneaks in at the end and steals it shouldn't get well, it. Well, yeah, right? but they that could do some sense. fucking ninja warrior shit. They don't have to do murders. <laughs> I mean, Listen, of course. The Grail's old-fashioned. The Grail's like, if you can't <laughs> murder people, I'm not into you. Uh-huh. Um, 
Listen, this is this is an old thing. It comes from Jesus times, probably. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. People killing each other all the time. Uh, let's but it. Oh, oh, I was just. Kide meant. Uh, I was just go gonna ahead. say. The, the reason I was thinking of that, Shiro calls that out himself. Shiro's like, this seems fucked up. If the Grail's so powerful, why does it make us fight? And Kiria's like, could have been his like, I don't know. Because that's how this works. Don't be such a little <laughs> bitch, Shiro. Yeah, basically. Uh, we also get that uh, Kotamine's father was the overseer of the last Holy Grail War ten years ago and died sometime mm-hmm. during him. We get a choice. Is Shiro going to revoke his command spells and stop being a master, or is he going to fight on? This master thing seems kind of dangerous, but mm. we should just give up. You want to cover the the um? You don't have them in the in these notes. I have That's another, a separate file. Uh, yeah. File. Oh. Yeah, it's in there. It's Tiger oh. Dojo plus one plus two. Oh. So let's talk about some badass. Okay. How's that sound? Yeah. Shiro has decided that he can't be party to this violence stuff. Not really sure how a superhero can be a superhero without any sort of violence. Because it's kind of a prerequisite of the position, is it not? It's probably fine. It's almost like he's turning his back on his ideals uh-huh. instantly. Yep. Rin looks upset. Uh, Kotamine sticks ghost <laughs> fingers into his arm and starts peeling out command spells. It's gross. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's apparently incredibly this... painful. Yeah, it's a Kotamine's specialty, like Shiro's reinforcement, is magic for opening wounds, good or bad. <laughs> uh, he calls himself a... Sp- he's Rin calls him a spiritual doctor, one of yep. the best the church has. And he says it's not a very cool power, it's not very powerful. He takes away two of the command spells and sells, tells Shiro to use the last to sever his contract with Saber because Saber is not going to go willingly. She's going to be pissed. That is an interesting... Yeah, I had thought initially that using up your last command spell nullifies the contract. Apparently not true. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Kyrie refers Shiro's... to himself as being unfit to be a priest in this, which is very funny. Yeah. That comes up sometimes. Um, Shiro's like, okay, I'm going to go tell Saber in person. Rin's like, are you sure you want to do that? And Kotamina's <laughs> like, good luck, buddy. This is, it's so clear that Rin is like, she's going to kill you. Mm-hmm. That is that is what's going to happen. And Kirei's like, yes, uh, yes. Coat <laughs> Saber is not surprised to hear that she's getting canned. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, I'm probably just going to jump on with Rin. She looks like she could use more help, you know. She says that she's she has like two hours after their contract ends. Think that, about it, yeah. That she can uh, like stay materialized until. And she's like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's it's too late for me to change my mind. I'm gonna stick with it." And then she kicks him to the ground and is like, "Are you really sure? Because I'm gonna fucking kill you, eat your soul, and inhabit your body." Yeah. Uh huh. And he's like, "Well, I don't want that to happen, but I'm still gonna go through with this thing that I decided." Uh, that said, I will struggle very hard. <laughs> I'm gonna resist. It won't matter, but I will. <laughs> and she's like, she's satisfied that he's willing to stick with his decision that much. And it's like, I'm not really gonna kill you. Mm-hmm. Fuck, like, I, your magic energy was pleasant, and I hope you live. <laughs> and then she walks off. His He heads home, his chest is hurts from the, you know, stabbed in the heart thing mm-hmm. the other day. 
Was that the other day? That was the other day. Fen. White girl spotted. <laughs> White girl spotted. <laughs> Who interrupts Shiro, uh, Shiro on his way home? That is uh, the same girl who called him Onisan and Onichan. Onichan. Very affectionate. Oh. Uh, and who wanted to kill him or said you'll die Swore if you don't. Him that he would die with a yeah. smile on her face. Uh, well, spoilers for this bad end. Shiro ends up dying. No, she he is, doesn't. Is we... Okay. Shiro does not end up dying. But... Yet. Okay. We get a flash of a CG. Uh-huh. We see that girl from the other day. Yep. The purple girl. Purple, white-haired girl. Small. Small, small. And she's standing next to what appears to be a refrigerator <laughs> made of meat. <laughs> this massive guy. He's, a mountain of muscle. Quite literally. Uh-huh. She's like up to his knee. Uh-huh. She's small, but that's big. Dude is just an absolute goliath of a man. This is Berserker. Mm-hmm. She, uh, the girl calls him Berserker a couple times. Uh, she, Shiro gets fucking owned by the guy instantly. The screen goes red. We get some sassy sprites of the girl as she taunts him. She says some wild stuff she about some wild Japanese racist people. Stuff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> about how the Japanese are a head-chopping tribe. Uh-huh. Stuff like that. She, she say... She's calling this a like seppuku kind of situation mm-hmm. where he has given up his honor and he needs a friend yes. to help him commit suicide. Uh-huh. And she's that I read friend. it as implying that he's like gone, "All right, go ahead and kill me by virtue of severing his bond with Saber." Yeah, uh-huh. Might as well have. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is important. I think I forgot to mention this. Shiro told Kotamine at the beginning of this, I'm turning down church protection and going yes. home. Mm-hmm. He he could have stayed in the church and been safe. Yep. He's not smart enough for that. No. <laughs> so Shiro's organs are sp- spread out across the pavement. Uh, this girl has cast a spell on him to keep him alive and conscious uh, no matter what is done to his body until his head is crushed and is deliberately not crushing his head. Mm-hmm. Um, and he somehow manages to talk despite his uh, <laughs> lungs being somewhere else and tells her that he's not a master. And she's like, yeah, and? <laughs> there's a, yeah, she, there's a, there's a momentary like surprise. And then she's like, uh, yeah, yeah. I read this as her being like, surprised that he would bother to say that because <laughs> she's like well yeah i don't really care you know what i mean yeah i yeah mm-hmm. i read it as more um, yeah both perfectly valid yeah. reads um yeah she has got the most precious smile in the world while saying that she's so and cheerful she's... and so incredibly sadistic in this scene it's unbelievable she... She picks up what I believe to be just his head yeah. and mm-hmm. says that she's going to bring him back to uh, her castle for fun and games. Mm-hmm. Uh, while cutesy background music is playing. <laughs> yep. That's the first bad end. Tiger Dojo 1. Tiger! Tiger Dojos are a lot more elaborate than... Uh, CL Sensei lessons, huh? 
Yeah, you sound exhausted already. I'm not exhausted. I think this is great. Okay. No, no, this is... Okay. A few things that I love about this. Not only are there different sprites for these characters, they're drawn in a different style. Yeah, uh-huh. Not only is it all presented differently, the text boxes are different Yeah. text boxes with character names now uh -huh. instead of being a full-page text. Uh-huh. It's the Emi it's the Emiya Dojo, but one of the scrolls has been replaced with a like hastily drawn calligraphy saber. Oh shit! I didn't uh -huh. notice that. That's incredible. Oh. Uh, yeah. No, this is great. I love the effort that went into these. Uh huh. Uh, I yeah. think that it's very fun. Taiga is here in a uh, martial arts outfit. You know what I mean? She's kind of more cartoony. Like the lines are thicker. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tiger calls out that these Tiger Dojos are anathema to the tone of the rest of the game. Yes, there's, yes she There's does. literally a warning before each Tiger Dojo that's like, hey, this is some goofy shit, are you sure? Mm-hmm. It is worth saying that, and I think I probably talked about this during one of our Tsukihime episodes, it is important that the text box goes from being full screen with Mm -hmm. uh, like sprites and background behind it to being like the lower quarter of the screen mm -hmm. um, that is yeah because it allows them to do more like fun animations and stuff with the character uh -huh. sprites because you're more there than there's no like there's quite literally there is no mediating layer that is the text between you and the images of stuff uh -huh. it is it, you're more like present there um, Taiga welcomes us to the hint corner. Yep. And, uh, who's joining her? Ilya. We don't know her name in the normal game yet, but her, her text box sure has her name. It's Ilya. Yes. The girl who just got done butchering Shiro is here. Uh-huh. Looking excited and wearing a very, uh, cliche anime gym girl costume. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Ilya is very satisfied. Oh, yeah. With yeah, no, this is great. Taiga's like, wow, that was a pretty, like, sick and twisted way for someone to die. Who would do such a thing? And Ilya says, this is a cute and pop genocide of love. <laughs> While cheering, having, like, a cheering spray. Uh, Taiga whacks her with something, and she's like, I'm sorry, Shiro was just such a weakling, it made me angry. <laughs> Taiga recommends choosing as many cowardly choices as you can so that we can see her often in Tiger Dojo. Uh, but also, if you want to get a different ending, that last choice is you got to do something else. Yep. Pretty obvious, but. Mm -hmm. Tiger Dojo. It's here. <laughs> yeah. This is, I had forgotten, like a lot of CL Sensei's lessons are CL shows up and says, hey, go pick the other choice, dumbass. Uh huh. And then disappears. And like, this just has there's more writing more here. Yeah. <laughs> this um, is also I spoilers, I guess, but this is also where 90% of Taiga's characterization is. comes from. I believe it, yeah. Yeah, fun that Ilya's there. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll get into that. Let's rewind a little bit. Back to the choice to give up the command spells. Let's not do that. No. It doesn't seem like it ends particularly good for Shiro. Nope. And also, Shiro wants to be a superhero. 
he's not going to run away from something like this. No, it is. Yeah, right. It is interesting that when you do give it up, Shiro kind of thinks to himself, well, this is really out of character for me. <laughs> uh-huh. He does He does a bunch of things to let you know, like, hey, maybe that was a bad choice. Anyway. Uh-huh. It's specifically the thing about the fire, right? Mm-hmm. That's really what, what nailed it home for him is he's like, I can't let someone else do that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kotamine is happy. The Grail War has officially begun, he announced, and everyone in the room was like, it does not really make it. This That meant nothing, right? No uh-huh. one else is here. It's not like we had a like starting party or something. <laughs> There's no starting gun to fire. It's really fun that Rin is like, okay, so you got any intel on other masters? Uh, and Kotamine is like, uh, I know about the two of you. <laughs> uh-huh. He does say some interesting stuff about how there's less legitimate mages than usual. Uh-huh. Uh, which is a really weird sentence. And he gives them the order in which the servants were summoned. I'm not really sure how this is helpful, but maybe it will be at some point. Berserker was summoned first. We've seen Berserker. Mm-hmm. He didn't seem very friendly. Uh, then Caster. Rider, Assassin, Lancer all at the same time. Then Archer yesterday and Saber today. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he tells Rin that she can never come back to this church until the w- w- the Grail War is over, uh, or else she's going to lose points. That's a very funny way to say, uh, if anyone knows that the church helped you during the Grail War, uh, the church and or the Mages Association is going to come and take away your Grail, uh-huh. even if you Important win. Important note, Fen. He says they will take the Holy Grail away from you after a boring discussion. <laughs> um uh, unless of course she loses her servant is disqualified she can come for protection like anyone else can uh there's a really weird bit where like they're turning to leave and kotamine just gets really close to the back of shiro's head (laughs) just to freak him out it just looms up behind him this is i don't think the any of the games that we've played prior to this have had like different sized right yeah to indicate sometimes it works sometimes it does not work like when we first see shiro tiny down the hallway he just looks like a little guy <laughs> yeah uh but this is a great like oh kotamine fills the screen yeah, that's a lot of kotamine. and then like shiro jumps backwards and like kotamine is a little less uh front and center but uh-huh. yeah uh he Kotamine uh nails Shiro on a bunch of like really painful personal points about his dreams. Yeah. yeah. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh Kotamine is like, hey, uh, your wish is gonna come true. And Shiro's like, um <laughs> uh Kotamine elaborates that you can't be a superhero unless there's a supervillain. Uh and Shiro's like, I really wish that this guy didn't no <laughs> what's going on inside of my head as much as he does mm-hmm. and then kotamina is just like ha 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 anyway have fun on your way home be safe have a nice walk stay safe out there saber is outside waiting for shiro looks at him expectantly then they all go home together rin is standing much further away from them now in case they decide to stab her mm-hmm. to death um Archer is at her house recovering in mm-hmm. summoning circle, apparently, because it's well guarded. Mm-hmm. So if they decided to kill her, there's nothing Rin could do. Yep. Honestly, given how easily Saber took down Archer last time, 
probably nothing that Ring could do, even if Archer was here. But I, I think he'd be better prepared the next time. But maybe. he's definitely not as strong as Saber. Yeah. You need to get the drop on her. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think Shiro's a little fucked up about it, realizing that she's like trying to Stand yeah, away. trying to keep a distance from him for safety. He's like, wait. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, he feels a little or bit. Or maybe bad. that was just me. No, no, he definitely okay. does. So, um, she gives him some advice on not telling anyone details about what his servant is, and is like, maybe Saber shouldn't even tell you her name, just in case. Because <laughs> you can't keep secrets. And Shiro's like, what are you talking about? Um, and Rin's like, you keeping any secrets from me? And Shiro immediately blushes, and she's like, yeah, that's why. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> just someone's just gonna come at him with like a list of different mythical figures who have armor and swords and just start listing them until his face turns red and then they're like, aha. Rain is absolutely merciless with Shiro and it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh let's see. Rin says that she doesn't trust Kotamine, but like says so, so in a way that Shiro takes it's like, well, she still kind of is affectionate towards him though. Mm-hmm. And then they get to the intersection and are about to part ways. Rin says that they're going to be enemies next time they meet. And he's like, Shiro, Shiro thinks at length, like, you know, this was really decent of her to do this. She really didn't owe me anything. She didn't have to do this for me. Uh, she's kind of a bitch, but like, she deep down, she's a nice person, just like everyone at school thinks she is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's like, I wish we didn't have to be enemies. And then Rin turns to leave and freezes in place instantly. What does she see? Ilya is here. Uh, hey, have you finished talking? And then, yeah. And then. There's a big man. We get this actual CG now. The biggest of men. <laughs> True. Berserker. And the smallest girl, <laughs> Ilya. Ilya. Berserker. We get a better look at him now. He's like got he's got gray skin and red eyes. No shirt, kind of just like shitty shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like Roman huge, looking shorts. Yeah, something like that. Something not modern, yeah. certainly. He's uh, got a spiked stone club. His hair's all over the place. Uh, he looks nasty. He doesn't look very friendly. Like no. There are two different CGs of them standing like this. It rules. It's different <laughs> angles. Uh-huh. There's too much production value. <laughs> um, Shiro notes that the like saccharine in uh saccharine innocence that Ilya's got is like really setting him on edge. I don't yeah. Uh-huh. It's interesting. Um like she's so sweet, like cutesy voiced at him. Yes. And he's like, this is freaking me out, man. <laughs> it is interesting. Um Ilya slash Berserker is chaos, is like chaos in the near side routes of Tsukihime mm-hmm. is kind of like a mid boss. Uh-huh. That uh shows up early. Has to get through and like, yeah, shows up early, uh, attacks on day three or four, mm-hmm. right? Where Arcoid are or yeah. Arcoid and Shiki are. And like I think day five is the final showdown, but he attacks before then. Yeah. Is day four the hotel? I think so. Okay. Then Ilya's a little ahead of schedule, <laughs> but it is definitely a like a similar um chaos and Ilya could not be more different from one another. Uh-huh. Uh but they do serve a very similar role of like oh, uh providing early conflict to um 
to an the immediate route. danger. Um, yep. Also, this tells us that Shiro is not a connoisseur of gap moe. He can't handle someone being cute while threatening him. Uh-huh. To be fair, she is like, she looks like 12. Yeah, no, she's super creepy. Like she looks like a little kid. It's pretty creepy. Shiro has a very strong feeling he's not going to live through this. Mm-hmm. Rin is detecting Berserker's magical energy, and she's like, ho, 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 we're going to die. <laughs> we're so fucked. Ilya notices immediately that Archer isn't here and is like, I wanted to kill them both at once. Oh, dang. She uh, does a polite curtsy. She uses Rin's name without being told it and introduces herself as Elias Viel von Eisbern. Einsburn. Or Ilya for short. Uh, Rin recognizes that last name and isn't happy. Uh, and Ilya's like, okay, Berserker, go kill them for me. Saber throws off her raincoat dramatically. <laughs> clashes with him and is immediately and completely outclassed. Uh-huh. He's extremely stronger than Saber and also much faster. Uh-oh. Yeah. Usually you get one or the other. Can I read the line? There's Yeah, go If ahead. there is overwhelming power and speed, there is no need no room for technique. Techniques are something humans invented to compensate for their weaknesses. Weaknesses are things that giant doesn't have. It's uh-huh. very good. Yeah, he's just kind of swinging his club, yeah. uh-huh. but so fast and so strong that it doesn't really matter because there are no openings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saber takes a major hit. Again, she's already weakened from the whole heart-stabbing thing. She hasn't really recovered. Uh, Rin says something in German that translates loosely to four shooting style and shoots him with a bunch of magical bullets. You know, Berserker doesn't really have any magic resistance. No, but... But his HP is so high (laughs) that it doesn't seem to affect him at all. Uh Uh-huh. Shiro tells Saber to run, and she doesn't. Takes another major hit. There's a really good CG of Saber, like, propping herself up on her invisible sword as, like, the blood dripping down from her, like, hand starts to trace the shape of her sword. It's really cool. It's a great CG. Really cool. I mean, it also hurts me personally because, oh no, Saber, but it's really cool. We love to look at Saber. I loved looking up Bloody Saber, honestly. Would you say that to her face? Look at her. The thing is, (laughs) is that... uh, Ben's looking at her. Yeah. Oh, okay. Looking at two of her. Um... The thing is, is that, like, yeah, it's just such a sick CG of her, like, yeah, holding her, like, barely holding herself up on her sword and just blood on her clothes, on everything. Yeah, no, she looks really (laughs) fucked up. Ilya outs her servant immediately. Mm -hmm. Uh, She calls him the greatest hero of Greece, Heracles, and says that he's the worst monster in existence. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Real quick, before we get into the next choice, I want to say, at some point, I don't remember what made me bring it up, but I said, uh, characters like Ilya, exactly, the, uh, looks like they're, like, 10 or 11, but is actually a bloodthirsty monster, Mm -hmm. uh, don't really, they're not, like, a favorite of mine. Uh Uh-huh. Ilya is the exception to that rule. (laughs) She's doing great. (laughs) Ilya's a fun character. There, yeah. We are going to, there is... There is so much more to who she is, uh-huh. and I'm excited to get to that, but uh, even, and some of rereading this part is like, 
me thinking ahead, going like, oh, yeah, Ilya rules. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but even just this is like, oh, she's doing so well at this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just fun watching her taunt um, Shiro and Rin uh-huh. as her her big, big man goes after them. <laughs> Who's that big man? We get a choice. Last choice of the day. Do we escape with Rin or do we try and save Saber anyway? Run away, obviously. Well, yeah. If we run away, Ilya seems to be after Shiro, right? So she'll chase Shiro. Uh-huh. Uh, Taiga did say, please choose more cowardly choices to get <laughs> here. Like, here. Make yeah. all the dumb choices. This is how we get the second bad end. Uh, Shiro, Shiro can't... Shiro can't drop out of the Holy Grail War in a smart way, and he can't run away smartly. Mm-hmm. What he does is immediately turn his back on the monster uh, and yell to uh, Rin to run with him. He grabs Rin's arm and, yeah, and runs yeah. with her. Berserker, seeing his back, immediately jumps to kill him and runs Rin through uh-huh. as she tries to protect Shiro. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, there is a really good delivery on this line where she's just like, man, what was I doing? Where she sounds so tired. Yeah. And is like, yeah, it's so much fun. There's a lot of, I think that these are two particularly elaborate bad ends. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of the ones in the future get a little shorter. Yeah. Um, but there's such a great characterization of Rin here of like, Oh, without even thinking, she leapt in front of Shiro to uh-huh. protect him. And then was like, I'm so fucking stupid. <laughs> I'm supposed to be a mage. I'm supposed to not care about I'm people. I care about these people. I'm not supposed to. Why am I even here? Yeah. And then she gets flicked away uh-huh. off the sword um, and like crumples somewhere. Uh, yeah. The, her last words before she goes flying is her telling Shiro to hide out at the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, fate unknown. Mm-hmm. Shiro makes a run. Well, probably dead. <laughs> Shiro hopes she survived that. Yeah, probably dead. Probably dead. Uh, missing in action. <laughs> sure. Missing, presumed dead. He makes a run, a real good run for it. We see a couple flashes of different backgrounds, I mm-hmm. think. But Berserker uh, gives him an elbow drop, and he goes flying into a graveyard, which is a little on the nose. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ilya thinks Berserker killed him and starts immediately screaming at him, saying that she will kill him down to his last one, whatever that means, if he disobeys again. And then she realizes uh, Shiro is still alive, yep. and she's very happy to hear that. Um, she's doing the same thing as before. She's more explicitly, she's turning him into an immortal doll that she can play with forever, yep. I guess. Uh, her fingertips are very cold. Cold Ilya She's theory. got a really creepy line about, uh, I have to hurt you more and teach you how wonderful your life was up until now, which is just... Yeah, it's fun. A lot? <laughs> We also get a very suspicious line about how she wants him to replace Kiritsugu. Mm. Uh huh. Extremely suspicious. Huh. That's suspicious. Yeah. Shiro's last uh, thoughts before he turns into a doll <laughs> is, uh, "I hope Sh- Saber and Rin are okay." Mm, no. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. 
Tiger Dojo 2. Uh, let's see. They the girls are back again. Yep. They introduce they introduce themselves this mm-hmm. time, right? Yeah. Because we do I actually so. have Ilya's name, so they get formal introductions. Uh, Taiga whaps uh, Ilya with her legendary sword Tora Shinai. <laughs> uh, Tora being tiger, uh-huh. Shinai being the type of sword that it is, which is just a wooden sword, right? <laughs> Ben has a very funny note that says, which is immediately added to a non-existent weapons dictionary. Yeah, there's like a Wait, up. there really is a dictionary and Tiger's stupid wood sword is in it? Yeah, it's such a funny bit. <laughs> yes. The weapons dictionary only exists in Tiger Dojos, or maybe only that Tiger Dojo. It exists in the game as well. Does really? it? It has all of the servant's weapons. Ooh. Oh, that's so funny. I it, The option did not appear for mm. me when I pause the game outside of that battle. Oh, you might need to get someone else's. I think, no, I saw it weapon. and it was only I this. It. I went back to the main menu and there's a link for uh, the weapons dictionary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. I wonder, I don't know, but I, I thought I didn't, I thought I saw it and then didn't see it mm. later, but maybe I'm just wrong. It is, it isn't. Fate Stay Night is really interesting because in addition to the production value stuff that we've already talked about, <laughs> it is like, there is a, what the equivalent of like an RPG codex, like a CRPG codex mm-hmm. that you could go look at or totally ignore, <laughs> whichever it's yeah. up to you. Um, yeah, Ilya has to run around the dojo three times for killing out of love. Uh huh. Uh, and then, and then Taiga's like, You can't run from her, you have to. She's like, Listen, that kid's pretty fucked up, <laughs> you can't just turn your back on something like that. Uh, Hi, Ilya. <laughs> and then Ilya runs uh, runs off a weird cat. <laughs> Tiger, there's a weird cat near the dojo. Is that oh, probably. That art. Is that Neko sure. that she chased off? It's gotta be, right? <laughs> that would make sense. Okay, so if Shiro's not a freaking coward. Shiro can't be a coward. He's gotta be a superhero. He's gotta be like Batman or some shit. Yep. He's not rich enough to be Batman. <laughs> uh, Ilya tells Berserker that Saber will recover quickly, so to finish her off quickly. Uh, Shiro runs to push Saber out of the way of the blow, but he's really slow compared to Servants, and falls over as Berserker instead uh, blows his <laughs> stomach out with one blow. Yeah, no, he <laughs> describes, like, all his organs and bones being on the asphalt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it's not quite as bad as the first bad end where she's talking about how his like all his organs are spread out over the like air a twenty foot oh, area yeah. or something. No, like this that. is just one hit. But it's not good. This is one hit and not a methodical disassembly of his body. Ilya's reaction to this is really interesting because she looks really shocked for a second and then like gets upset and is like, This is boring. I'm getting out of here. Mm-hmm. And she says, tells Rin that she'll kill her next time she sees her. And then uh, Rin blacks out as we get Ri- uh, Rin blacks out. Shiro blacks out as we get a line from Rin yelling that she can't save him again. Uh-huh. Uh, There's probably no she magic got to, she can save a person who has lost most of their stomach, Shiro thinks. And Shiro says, it can't be helped. Shikataganai count one. <laughs> And that's the end of day three. That's it. That's day three. Um, That's a real cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. Well, Rin survived her cliffhanger. 
Maybe. What if Shiro died and Rin's the main character? Oh my god, that'd be such a big switch. And she has two servants. That would be great. Oh, I want that, Ben. Yeah. I don't... What? That's fine. It would just be a different game. It would, know, be a, it would be a very, it would be a very different, different game. game. It's a completely different game. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it should be like that, but just what I'm not saying that like that Stay Night is a perfect game, but um, no, it is not certainly weed, isn't it? <laughs> I want to look at her. Let me look at her. Saber. Saber. Saber is not a vampire. Yeah. What if she was Ben? Can you imagine? Do we have any thoughts about the first three days? Any final thoughts? Less strong than the first time I read it, but yeah. uh, which is like partially, oh yeah, a lot of this has already been explained. And, In the prologue? or uh, No, I meant like the first time I read it. Ah, yeah. Uh, I was it's like, oh yeah. It, it is a very like exposition heavy three days. Cause, it really is. Uh Nasu needs to set up what this world is. <laughs> there's a lot more. Hmm, there's not more moving parts than the Tsukihime world, but there's a lot more relevant moving parts yeah. immediately. Like, right? Shiki is a very easy person to get. He has mystic eyes of death perception. Uh huh. He sees the future. Um, and also 3D space. And yeah, you don't need. Yeah, there aren't very many moving parts. Like, oh. You can add on that, like, iteratively. Uh-huh. You can kind of say, like, oh, and there are vampires. Oh, and the church hunts uh, non-humans. Oh, and there are other non-human beings. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't need all of that at once there, we're versus, like... Vampire. Well, there's a couple different kinds of vampires. Yeah. yeah. I mean. uh, versus, like, you kind of need... You need basically everything in these three days yeah. to to understand what is going to happen. I think it could be streamlined a little bit, but yeah, you don't sure. come to visual novels that have like 60 to 80 hour run times for concise, clean yeah. explanations. You come for prose. I think, uh-huh. I think in this, it's that they need to bring you up to speed on what Shiro knows. Because Shiki doesn't know shit or fuck, except that he's got mystic eyes, and from there, everything is as new to him as it is to us. Shiro already knows magic exists. He knows about the mage association. He knows about all of these things, and so they gotta bring us up to speed on that before they teach us anything new. And he has misunderstandings and partial understandings of everything. So we have to get very specific things that he knows slash doesn't know. True. Then get it all from Rin. Then get it all from... It's a little... um, Like I said, it's a little much at times. But I feel like we've got the groundwork Mm -hmm. and I won't be complaining about it as much in the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If it were not for the degree to which Shiro's like, oh no, Saber is such a small delicate girl oh no how can i let her fight and the fact that i know it's gonna get worse aside from that i'm like this was cool this rocked this was very fun but i'm just like hero Mm -hmm. can you like not like i'll forgive him the Mm -hmm. terrible saber complex if he stops being so weird about sabers a woman Mm -hmm. (laughs) saber complex (laughs) That's what Fen's got. It's, it's terminal. <laughs> oh, I think I did one note that I think I forgot to 
um, say when it when it came up in my uh-huh. notes because there wasn't exactly a good place to talk about it. Like, I don't know that the three of us are the people to talk about this, but uh, I think it is clearer um, the fixation on like whiteness as attractive oh. is like very clear in these three days. Yeah, of like cheeky uh-huh. or wow, Shiro talks about Sakura's white fingers being attractive, uh-huh. and like it's like. Oh, Saber's white. Saber's she's very, very pretty. Very white. She's white and she's blonde and she's white um, woman spotted. Yeah. And Shira yeah. just Which can't is like, think every time she's nearby. There are people who are more impacted by that and who have better thoughts on it than yeah, I do. Sure. But like, it is yeah. worth bringing up that that is it is front and center mm-hmm. is uh, the attractiveness of yeah. like light skin mm-hmm. and um, the uh, the t- okay. This is the two characters so far introduced who have skin tone other than uh, paper white are the like rough kind of like uh, the very rough archer, right? Who's kind of a like, uh, what, how would you describe him? He's not, he's uncouth and um, like a punkish, a criminal. <laughs> he's a criminal. He's thuggish. How yeah, about? Yeah. And then the other one is literally a gray monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, again, is Greek, so he's not even... Uh-huh. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, Nasu's got some skin tone stuff. Uh-huh. This is going to continue being a thing. People I don't... Getting... It is not just Nasu, to be clear. Oh, yeah. This is a, oh. like... There is... Yeah. This this is throughout Fate and throughout a lot of media. <laughs> yeah. And Japanese media. <laughs> <sighs> yep. So yeah, again, we aren't going to like go into detail on that because we're not qualified at all to really pick it apart. But uh, still worth pointing out when it's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's do our wrap up, Fen. We're part of the Abnormal Mapping Network, which you can find at abnormalmapping.com, I think. There are a bunch of shows. A lot of them are good. The ones I listen to are are good. Um, great Gundam project. We're wrapping up Gundam. A joy. We're almost done with Gundam. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it's been a joy listening to Evan Jackson, like their thoughts from five years ago or something. Uh-huh. Along with, uh, we have a lot to catch <laughs> up on. Um, you can find our schedule at Moon Archive dot art slash schedule you can find the list of uh media non-type moon media covered on the podcast at moonarchive.art slash yuri i think uh-huh um what else do we say oh you can reach us at uh at crying rules on twitter or email questions comments concerns praise to crying rules actually at gmail.com uh-huh uh-huh um if you want to leave a five-star review on whatever podcatcher you use that would be cool catcher give us friend what's a funny thing people could say in a review um that's the thing is like i am not a funny person <laughs> mm. i need i need people to to do that for me well now like, that we're doing stay night we can't use the people we can't have people write in and say uh that fate moon archive does not endorse underage <laughs> drinking well we still don't endorse underage drinking except when it's sick <laughs> uh, except when it's sick uh how about uh referencing a line from our first episode you could write in and say 
Pride comes before a big <laughs> five star review. Good. Uh, Fen, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, one sec. I'm looking up. Um, you go. Me? Kate, do you want to be found on the internet? Yeah, sure. I'm on Twitter at K81021F. It'll be in the description or something. Yeah, I'll put that in the Thank description. You. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ben Ends. You can find my not safe for work writing at Doom Gender. Um, I was looking for the the one uh actual review that we have on oh. iTunes. Um, Dave nine thousand writes longer than I expected. This is not a complaint, <laughs> uh, which is an incredible review. Uh, ben, where can people find you on the find internet? Find me at way. Mm-hmm. F-E-N-I-C dot M-O-E. Uh-huh. One day, let's meet in the digital city.
Sí. 